in Chesant. Paul Scoynes has more. That's the sound of the car's side window being smashed. The driver says she'd already spoken to officers outside of the vehicle and admitted she thought she was insured to drive under her policy, but wasn't. A passenger recorded the incidents and said that the officers used batons to break the windows after one of the other women refused to get out to talk to them. Hearts Police say they've received a complaint which is being dealt with by their Professional Standards Department. Thousands of free car parking vouchers are being offered in Hemel Hempstead Old Town, while roadworks to implement a one-way system there continue. Shopkeepers have welcomed the move by Decorum Borough Council, but still say the delayed works could put them out of business if the disruption lasts much longer. A decision will be made by Friday about how the contractors continue with the project. Andrew Williams is the leader of Decorum Borough Council. Well, the idea is to issue vouchers to residents of the area to enable them to park in the High Street car park for two or three hours between now and the end of March 2014 for free to encourage them to both come to the High Street to see what's on offer and to take a stroll through. A 44-year-old man is due to appear in court this morning after being arrested at Buckingham Palace. David Belmar has been charged with trespass and possession of a knife after police caught him trying to get through one of the palace gates. A lawyer representing 70 people who say they were abused by Jimmy Savile says he she is not sure how useful any widening of the investigation will be. At present, the inquiry is focused on three hospitals, including Stoke Mandeville Hospital in Aylesbury. Liz Ducks told BBC Three Counties Radio that she doesn't think there's much more detail to emerge. I'm not quite sure about that. I mean, uh, uh, the concern is that many of these institutions were known about when the police did their very comprehensive U-Tree report. And the weather for beds, hearts and books, it'll start off cloudy with a chance of some scattered showers. It will become drier and brighter later with some sunny intervals. Maximum temperatures of 14 degrees Celsius, that's 57 degrees Fahrenheit. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Barry. All things considered cracking job. Apologies for trying to uh, cause you to stumble at the start. I am a fat-fingered idiot. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Hands up who didn't have much sleep because for 45 minutes their three-year-old son was in bed talking about cats and wee-wee. Anybody? Yeah! Fun times, fun times. Fun, tiring times. Sleepy time now. Yeah, Daddy, the cat just kissed my arm. Okay, okay. Cats don't kiss arms. She kissed it with it with her nose. Okay. Lots coming up on the show this morning, including the Independent Police Complaints Commission is investigating claims officers who pulled over three women in Hertfordshire were overly heavy-handed. A lifeline for traders in Hemel, as the Quantil Council, sorry, offers thousands of car parking vouchers to shoppers. But will it be enough to save the old town's high street? And Luton featured on Crime Watch last night. The victim of the shooting in Berry Park spoke to us upon his release from hospital. If you want to get in touch, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots of you have been calling in this week. We do like your... Oh, by the way, I have a jar of vapour rub, 
which I'm going to put on my feet at some point this morning. I know, doesn't it sound um, like a lot of fun? Will it be in the podcast? Probably not. But you never know. 08459 455 555. Now, three women have made a formal complaint after having their car stopped and the window smashed by Hertfordshire police. The incident happened as they travelled along the A10 in Chessent in the early hours of last Thursday morning. There was also a small baby in the car. Well, the women have contacted BBC Three Counties Radio exclusively, and our reporter Paul Scoynes can tell us more. Paul, what happened? Well, Ian, we've spoken with one of the passengers. As you say, there are three women and a four-month-old baby, all of whom are related. We understand the uh, front two passengers were two sisters and their niece, uh, and the baby was uh, the daughter of one of the older women. This is what they've told us. They were driving along the A10 in the very early hours of Thursday morning. They'd left their hotel in the Chesson area after a sales conference. They wanted to get home to the northwest, which is where they're from. And after they'd just left the hotel and were driving towards the M25, they were then pulled over by the police. Do we know why they were pulled over? Well, the women say that there wasn't a clear reason given. First of all, they were asked if they were lost, and then they were asked a few more details about the car. What happened next? And it's worth noting, Ian, at this point, that the woman who was driving thought she was insured on her sister's vehicle. Right. She wasn't. Uh, she says she has fully comprehensive insurance and thought she was insured. But the drive. police wouldn't know that just from seeing her drive past, would they? That's right, no. Okay. Uh, we're told at this point that she actually went to the police car and discussed this with the officers. Now, her sister, who was the insured driver, uh, then went to the driver's seat with her baby on her lap. Um, her sister returned and the police wanted to question the owner. Now, at this point, the women say that the officers became more aggressive. Uh, she could not understand why they wanted to talk to her, um, she says, and uh, she says she felt intimidated. Now, the younger woman in the back recorded the incident. I should stress this isn't a BBC recording. It was made on a mobile phone. The woman you can hear speaking is the owner of the vehicle sitting at the steering wheel with a baby on her lap. Anything. I want an explanation as to why I've been stopped. So it's because I'm driving a car and I'm black. Cats. You've told me that cars get stolen. If I'd yes. been white, you'd never Everybody have stopped me. And that's a fact. Whether you want to accept it or not. How do we know you're black? You saw me. I actually saw you getting to that roundabout. I see you. I saw you getting to that roundabout. And you did see me. And you followed because you saw us. So what is it then that you followed for? Open the door right now. No, I am not going to. I'm feeling threatened by you. I want another police officer, not you. Not you two. No ways. Then go away. I don't want to talk to you two. Now, if I've got that right, she says, I'm feeling threatened. And he threatened. And he says twice, I think, I hope you do. I hope you do. Yes, that's right. That's quite incredible, isn't it? Yeah, we can hear that one again. Open the door right now. No, I am not going to. I'm feeling threatened by you. Okay. What next? Well, there was another officer who then came over and seemed to try and calm the situation down. The women said at this point that the other officers had withdrawn their batons. I want to talk to somebody else who's reasonable. Go away! I don't want to talk Talk to to these two. Talk to me. Can they go away, please? No, they're not going anywhere. No, they must stand far away. I do not wish to speak to this. What is she bringing that that baton out for? Because you're refusing to admit Listen, I would like to speak to somebody else. These two have been very... I'm not happy with these two. And I'm not... I'm I'm a lawful citizen. I've not broken any laws. I am driving here. Well, the officer then tries to calm the lady uh, down again, and she's clearly quite distressed. 
Well, to... all right, you calm down for a minute, all right, and let's get to the bottom of this, okay? Yes, if fair enough. Okay, it's not going to solve anything. Yes, and I'm really getting all upset right. because they're threatening me by taking out buttons, and she's giving me public order warnings for me telling yes. her exactly why I think yes. she has stopped me. Yes. Yeah, I know I should all be, right. and he's been telling me to shut up. Right. I have a right as well to speak. Yeah, you're going to listen to me. I'm going to right, listen. Yeah. You're not giving me a chance to get a word. What in is it that you want? Right. Okay. To be quite honest with you, I'm very frustrated and I'm scared. And that's the problem that right. I've got right now. Right. And when I'm scared, that is why I'm talking the way that I am. Because I'm scared. When people start taking up buttons like this, do you think I'm going to get out of the car? Now, uh, the officers clearly want the woman to get out of the car. Something I learned while we were looking to this story is if a police officer asks you to get out of your car and you feel threatened... You don't have to. That's, I think that's correct. I've been told that's correct, well, and we're going to clarify that later we're on. We're going to speak to a lawyer. But they do want her to get out of the car, yeah, don't they? I think they've made that pretty obvious, haven't yep. they? I mean, and they, they want to confirm her documents. They, uh, she says that the, uh, the, her driving licence is in the back of the car. She's told me that she did give them her fuller uh, name and details. Mm. So she said that she had given them those details. You don't obviously have to produce a driving licence at the side of the road. You can take it to a, 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 a police station sometime days later but um the police were clearly uh, sort of clear that they wanted to have a look the woman uh, who is speaking there the driver of the car or the, the owner if you like of the car has told me that uh, the police at this stage were circling the car tapping their batons on the window now we've obviously got no way of confirming this police aren't commenting on this in any detail other mm. than to say that they're actually investigating this incident uh, she told me she was very frightened she thought that if she did get out of the car she might be hit by one of the batons this is what happened next i told her my name already and i've spelt it it's in the boot in the boot could you get it for me please no the minute i get out of this car you're not going to handle me well and i don't want that one glass hammer this is going to smash your window very quickly and it's at your expense do you understand why would you smash my window for because you won't open the door why is you to open the door when you're holding all these buttons and things like that and like I'm saying to you, I feel very threatened. You're a woman with a child. Won't I'm a you woman break with a child, a and you're threatening me. Right, get out the car now. Get out the car now. Oh, that way. Get out the car as well. No, I'm coming out. Please right don't now. do that. Right no, 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 no. Now. Right now. I'm just surprised. Right no, no, now. Get out of the car. Oh, 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 you could have been driving away right now. Surely look at the mess you've made, officer, would uh, would be the correct... Anyway, th- th- that was the back window that was smashed, wasn't it? What, what happened after that? Well, the woman who was uh, talking in that clip says that she was taken from the car and then put in handcuffs, uh, and all the women were told to get out of the car. Now, it does get quite muffled at this point, the recording, but we uh, are pretty certain we can hear someone being read their rights. I can definitely hear the words, it may harm your defence uh, if you fail to mention something you later on in in court. So that's standard reading your rights. That's yep. an arrest. Um, now, we've not been able to confirm that there's been an arrest. Uh, it would certainly suggest that there has been. We've been told by the women that they were then separated, driven back to the hotel by the police. Uh, one officer drove the family vehicle uh, and the others went in separate police vans and were then told, they say, to have a nice evening and were let go. And there have been no 
sort of subsequent follow-ups it would seem according to the women at least anyway we can uh, i'm afraid only say that we've only got one side of the story here but, but we uh, women went then to get their window repaired and went on their way they actually made a complaint to hertfordshire police at 4 30 that morning on thursday some hours after the event and we, we we have only got the side of the women at the moment we have invited the police onto the show haven't we what's what's the response yeah we've uh, we've asked hertfordshire to come onto the program they've declined they've given us a statement um yep. it says hertfordshire constabulary's professional standards department is currently investigating complaint from members of the public following an incident on the a10 in chestnut at 4 30 on thursday october the 10th well we know it was earlier than that it was around one in the morning uh, as this incident is currently being investigated it would be inappropriate for us to comment any further at this time i have asked as i say to uh, sort of subsequently find out if there was a an arrest there uh, if there were any other details we could confirm in any way and they've been able unable to do so uh, they do have 10 days to respond to this complaint and decide whether or not it needs to be referred to the independent police complaints commission uh, and as, uh, it's worth stressing again as a result of that we only have really one side of that story paul scoynes thank you very much uh, indeed that's paul scoynes our political reporter very simple question i suppose on the back of that were the, the, were the police a little bit heavy-handed or, or should the woman should the women have got out of the car you're in a car uh with some friends and a baby and the police uh, ask you to get out should you get out of the car oh eight four five nine four double five five double five paul thank you very much indeed um you can give us a call on that you can also go to facebook as well if you want facebook.com forward slash bbc 3cr or if you're in the mood why don't you send me a text eight one three double three start your text 3cr should the women have got out of the car i'm ian lee this is bbc three counties radio it's coming up to a quarter past six let's get the travel news Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Chizzing, good morning. Things looking pretty good so far today. No accidents reported on any of the main routes through the Three Counties. Right now I'm looking at the M1 on the cameras and things are moving quite well as you make your way from Milton Keynes down past Luton and toward London. Northbound side looking alright as well. Taking a look at the roadwork situation and of course you could get slowed down through High Wycombe because they're still doing works on the A40, temporary lights for roadworks near Mill End Road. And they're doing those works just at the south of Milton Keynes on the A5, the Fenny Stratford Bypass. One lane's closed off for junction improvements. It's as you come up to the McDonald's roundabout at the A4146 at Watling Street. But for the minute, traffic is actually moving well past there. Of course, M25 roadworks, they're not causing any hold-ups yet, but it will get busy as the morning goes on. On the trains, no major problems reported, and on the tubes, all looking good as well. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, Adam, is it your last day today? It's Friday or technically Sunday. Okay, thank you very much. Sorry about that. Six sixteen. It's a Tuesday, the fifteenth of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Detectives investigating the disappearance of Madeleine McCann six years ago say they've received hundreds of phone calls since eFit images of a possible suspect were shown last night on Crime Watch. Three women who were stopped in their car by Hertfordshire police late at night and had their windows smashed in by officers have made a formal complaint. The weather for beds, hearts and bucks cloudy this morning. There may be some light rain. It'll become brighter later with highs of 13 degrees Celsius. That's 55 in old money. Coming up, free car parking is being offered in Hemel Hempstead Old Town. It's to try and encourage shoppers while roadworks are taking place to create a one-way system. We'll have more on that in a bit. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's been a 
another amazing year for British sporting talent. And Andy Murray, 6-4-7-5-6-4, has only gone and done it. But who are our unsung sporting heroes? Every year, the BBC recognises people across the UK who aren't stars but simply go that extra mile. They inspire people to take part in sport in all our local communities and for no reward. Chris Froome is the champion of this 100th Tour de France. It's a second British victory inside 12 months. Let us know your sporting unsung hero now. Go to bbc.co.uk slash unsung hero to download a nomination form. Closing date is Wednesday, October the 16th. They all deserve our support. Yeah.
compiled a list the other day of the four rock and pop stars I miss who are no longer with us. George Harrison was in there. <clears throat> David Jones of the Monkeys, of course, a given. Arthur Lee from Obscure Band Love and also Carl Wilson from the Beach Boys. I miss those. Justin Dilly, who which rock stars do you miss? Uh, probably John Lennon, I'd say. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't the world be a nicer place if John Lennon was still around? A much, much better place. 100%. Uh, you can give us a, a text on that if you want. 81333. Start your text 3CR. Which rock stars do you miss? Now, thousands of free car parking vouchers are being offered to shoppers in Hemel Hempstead's old town in a bid to minimise the disruption caused by overrunning roadworks there. Traders have welcomed the move, but still fear work on the new one-way system could put them out of business if they last much longer. A decision will be made on how the contractors proceed on Friday. Well, our reporter Justin Dealey has been following the story. We had a meeting last week, a meeting on Monday, and <laughs> Friday the decision uh, is, is coming, hopefully. Mm. The, the traders have been given three options by the council, haven't they? What are they? They have, and uh, just to remind our listeners, uh, all this work, all this disruption for a better traffic flow and also extra car parking spaces on the high street, three extra parking spaces. Extra parking spaces. Absolutely. So uh, this meeting yesterday between traders and the council. After that meeting I spoke to Sanjay Battelle, Group Manager for Highways at Harts County Council and he explained those three options moving forward. Uh, First option is we finish off the area that we've got already open uh, by finishing off with the new materials, Yorkstone granite paving um, and coming back after the new year uh, to finish the rest of the high street off. Uh, The second option is to finish off Uh, the whole of the project um, by the end of November in the high street increasing the resources, doubling the resources um, using weekend working and uh, potentially night surfacing works to finish off the job the third option is the option of uh, just backfilling what we've already got open, not using the uh, new materials and then coming back in in January, February um, to start up again uh, and finish off the job in the new year So those are the three options when will you have a decision with what option you're going to be going with? Um, the majority of the traders that attended today um, preferred option one, which was finishing off with the materials, uh, the new materials, uh, closing um, the existing areas up and coming back. Um, our preferred option was option two. We're going to make a decision by the end of this week, um, but it looks like option one will be the preferred option. What, by Friday? By Friday, yeah. So you think they're going to go for option one. That would mean by mid-November, um, some of the work, and then you come back in January. Yeah. The plans were meant to be done by the end of October, so you're going to be going way, way over on the plans yeah in option one we'd have to come back in january february we'd have to close the compound um, make it safe make it tidy and then come back in in january and and restart the works so you want option two to essentially get you out of the mess that you created here um well the mess has been created due to you know the tombs and uh, unforeseen stats and things that we haven't um, managed to foresee in advance so we yeah we've had difficulty on site we try to mitigate that, and um, option two is putting additional resources and uh, using weekend closures instead of um, uh, full road closures during the week. Okay, so that decision by the end of the week. Um, Jacksons are the contractors here. Yeah. Are you happy with them? At the end of the day, you've got CCTV monitoring their progress. Yeah, generally, yes, and we have had difficulties um, mm. during the process, and we're ironing them out um, uh, through our weekly meetings. So. Um, are you happier since those cameras have gone in? I think we're both happier. So when, when complaints or if complaints, further complaints come along, we can actually view the image and, and, and see whether they were carrying the works out correctly or not. Are you embarrassed by the situation up here? Um, we are sorry for the uh, situation. Yeah, it is a bit of a mess. Uh, we should have been finished by the end of this month. Um, so, yeah, we are sorry. And uh, um, unfortunately, uh, we are where we are at this stage and we, we need to 
now add additional resources at our own cost to um, try and catch up. Sanjay, you're in charge of this project. You've heard some of the stories. Yeah. Businesses here have been here for many, many years. They could lose their business. When you're sitting there, when you're hearing those stories, how does it make you feel? Well, not very good, actually. Um, we shouldn't we shouldn't have caused this disruption and um, uh, the, the hassle we have given the businesses. It wasn't intended, so I, can't, I can only apologise to the businesses. And contracts are contracts, but if you had the choice, would you rip up the contracts you've got with Jackson's? I can't say that. Um, the, the way their contract was written, um, it was to um, manage the project uh, in the best way possible, and it was different from the previous highways project. So, unfortunately, it hasn't actually developed in the way we envisaged on paper. Um, have they made you look like a fool? I mean, you're standing here right now apologising yeah. to the traders, apologising to our listeners. Mm. You're having to do that. Have they made you look like a fool? I don't think they have uh, made me look like a fool. I know Jackson's also have been um, apologising to the trading business. Everyone's saying sorry, yeah. and you're in charge. Um, Do you feel stupid standing here right now having to say these things? I don't feel stupid. I, I do feel that you know we shouldn't have been in this position um, in the first place. Um, so, you know, at this point in time, we shouldn't have been here. Uh, we should have been finishing the site um, and uh, leaving it a nice, tidy, historical townscape, um, something that Hemel could be proud of. When that decision is made, and it will be made by traders, would you come back on to our programme? Would you come into the studio and talk to Ian Lee about, about the next stage? Would you do that for us? Yes, I would, yeah. That's fine. I would come back and uh, explain the next stages. Fantastic. Thank you very much indeed. And the thing we have to remember, great interview, Justin, the thing we have to remember here is uh, that people's livelihoods are at stake. People could Mm. lose their business that they've invested time and money into. Absolutely. I heard um, yesterday about the bike shop up there, 54% down um, year on year. We've heard from the music shop. They spoke to you live last week, 40% down. And the reason being, people think that the Old Town High Street is shut. I mean, you heard from Mary yesterday, who, after hearing the programme last week, went for a walk up the old town somebody who's local and she was absolutely horrified you heard sanjay there saying it's a historic high street it is you know it's something that that the people of hemel should be proud of at the moment it's a building site and people at the moment are just not going near it which means the traders could be forced to to, to close their doors forever and we have heard on this show that uh, christmas shopping for some people kind of starts now mm. you, justin have you have you started your christmas shopping yet <laughs> or are you a, no. a christmas eve kind of guy i start mine on christmas eve Yes, but um, obviously the Christmas trade is very important. That's why the traders want option two, because some of the work will be carried out, finished at mid-November, and then carried on again next year, so it won't interrupt their their Christmas trade. They feel like this year they need that Christmas trade. If they don't get that Christmas trade, there's every chance that they'll be forced to close. Can you do me a favour, Justin? Mm. Can you try and find someone this morning who started their Christmas shopping? Oh, I'm sure we can find them. And and then ask them why. (laughs) Can you do that? Of course I will, no problem. Justin, thank you very much indeed. Have you started your Christmas shopping? Some people have. Uh, most times, I have done the Christmas Eve thing. Christmas Eve in Oxford Street. Ouch! A couple of years ago, I was bang on it. I had everything by the end of November. I did it all online, didn't it? Uh, had everything by the end of November. I've not managed to achieve that since. Have you started your Christmas shopping? Where are we? It's the 15th of October. That's a, that's a little bit keen, isn't it? To be doing it now... Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Can we find the person who has done the most Christmas shopping for uh, this year's celebrations? I do love Christmas. Big fan of Christmas. Can't wait for that to come. This is uh, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Don't panic. It's not his last show, apparently. According to him, it's Adam Glynn. 
travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Not yet, but you will be rid of me soon enough. How do you define too early to start Christmas shopping? I mean, I've bought like one thing and I bought it maybe three months ago, but it was because I saw it and thought, oh, that'd be good and wanted to get it before it sold out. Well, that's too early. But if it's one thing... Well, that you've started your Christmas shopping in July. That's too early. That's, that's not just too early, that's mental. <laughs> Fine, okay. Right, well, it's quiet so far this morning on the roads. No trouble yet on the motorways. M25 still clear going into the roadwork section. And we've got no issues on the A1M. Just looking at the cameras as you go past Hatfield and all looking fine. Got no delays really through the roadwork sections out there at the minute in Beerton. They're doing works on the A418. Temporary lights up for works as you go past Burcott Lane. And through Luton, they're doing some works on the A505. It's at the junction with Mount Grace Road and that could well get busy later. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much. It's coming up to 6.30. I'll try and press the right button this time. Let's get the latest news and sports. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30. I'm Barry Caffrey. Detectives investigating the disappearance of Madeleine McCann six years ago say they've received hundreds of phone calls since EFIT images of a possible suspect were shown last night on Crime Watch. It's now thought it may have been a planned abduction. Three women who were stopped in their car and had the window smashed in by Hertfordshire Police have made a formal complaint. A passenger recorded the incident and says officers used batons to break the window after one of the other women refused to get out to talk to them. Hearts Police say they've received a complaint which is being dealt with by their professional standards department. Police are continuing to question four men arrested in a counter-terrorism operation in London. Detectives have until this evening to charge or release them or to apply for more time to detain them. Councils against the proposed high-speed rail line through Buckinghamshire at the Supreme Court later. Ten local authorities, including Chiltern District Council and Three Rivers District Council, say there are serious environmental grounds that mean the decision to proceed with the current project should be revoked by the government. And the weather for beds, hearts and books, it'll start off cloudy with a chance of some scattered showers. It will become drier and brighter later with some sunny intervals, maximum temperatures of 14 degrees Celsius. That's 57 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England captain Stephen Gerrard says not reaching Euro 2008 still haunts him, but will spur many of his side on as they go into tonight's crucial World Cup qualifier against Poland in at Wembley. England will reach the 2014 World Cup in Brazil with a win, but anything less would see Ukraine top Group H if they beat San Marino. Gerrard says the 3-2 defeat to Croatia six years ago shows how important it is for England to seize this moment. I think the Croatia games is one of them memories that you're never ever going to be able to reject and um, that's why it's so important that we seize this moment and you know we look back on this game with fond memories um, because as you say the Croatia night and the experience haunts you for a very very long time. Well kick off at Wembley is at 8 o'clock. The Luton athlete Deji Tobias says he's pleased to have been awarded some lottery funding. The sprinter won't get full funding like Milton Keynes long jumper Greg Rutherford, who has been included in the World Class Performance Programme. Instead, Tobias is on the potential list and he says he's happy with what he'll receive. 
you're on a certain level of funding and that you get access to physiotherapy treatment and um, they also help you towards competition and training costs as well. I'm eternally grateful for it. So I'd like to tell everyone to keep buying lottery tickets. Tennis and after a recent run of poor results in Asia, Laura Robson has parted company with her coach Miles McLacken. The British number one reached the fourth round of Wimbledon and the third round of the US Open under McLacken. But a run of just three wins in her last four tournaments has seen Robson make the change just four months after taking McLacken on. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. More at seven. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots on the show this morning, including, if you missed it, it's uh, six o'clock. We'll, we'll play some of the audio again at seven. Uh, three Women and a Baby. It's not a film starring Ted Danson. Uh, three Women and a Baby were in, in a car. They were ordered to get out by the police. They refused to. Um, and they had the rear window of the car smashed. It's, it's incredible audio. We'll play that again in 30 minutes or thereabouts. And also, have you started your Christmas shopping yet? Kath, have you started yours? Yep. Have you? Yeah. Why? Spread the cost, innit? It's still going to cost the same. Yeah, but I it? feel like I'm spending less. But you're spending the same, probably more, because you've started earlier. Yeah, and I'll forget what I've bought. What have you bought? I'm not telling you. Why? Is it for me? Father Christmas. Oh, I see, I see, yes. He needs a lot of help this year. I hope I don't mean to sound insensitive. Are any all of the th- or all of the three degrees dead? I don't think so. Then why? You only ever see Sheila. You don't only ever see Sheila, don't you? 
What, what, where are where are the other three degrees? Where are the two degrees? I don't know. She might not ever see them again. again. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. D. Catherine Boyle, who's now you're the producer of this show. No, how no did one that told, happen? Well, no one told me. Right. Well, well so you, suddenly you're not doing. Suddenly you're, you're in the, the producing once a week, mm-hmm. and then now we've we've got uh, uh, Barry doing the news, and you're producing. It's as much of a surprise, stroke, shock to me as it is to you. Wowzers! The front page of the newspapers, huh? Uh, the Daily Express. Apparently, a young Leonard Cohen kidnapped uh, Madeleine McCann. That's what that e-fit looks like. Can I just say, for legal reasons, Leonard Cohen was not in any way involved in the uh, kidnapping of Marilyn McCann. But that's what that e-fit looks like, a young Leonard Cohen with, with shaved head. It's a face you'd remember. It's a face you'd remember. Mum missed Snatcher by minutes. I didn't watch Crime Watch last night. I've gone off Crime Watch since Nick Ross got the boot. I used to love Crime Watch. It was my little... Um, well, I used, to enjoy, I used to find it quite uh, quite exciting, let's I be honest. I worked on Crime Watch for a month. Really? Doing yeah. what? Um, I was a researcher oh. during, when I was finishing my um, journalism qualification. Um, but um, we used to get lots of letters about Nick Ross thinking he was Jack the Lad because he wasn't wearing a tie. That's yeah. what a lot of the wow. letters are about. Really? Not, not about solving crimes? That's what they're answering the phones in the background. That's most of those phone calls. We also used to get phone calls from people saying that they recognised the actor in the reconstruction. <laughs> my friend um, played uh, a coward in one of those reconstructions who allowed his girlfriend to be dragged off and, um, let's, let's just say, um, uh, interfered with. Uh, and he's in the back of the car going, no, please, please don't, no, please don't take me. Take, you take her, don't take me. And he auditioned for that. He auditioned for that, yes. Probably seen by me. I yeah. saw a few of the... It was a bit of a shame. What have you got in the papers? Um, Hang on a minute, there's a free £1 Labrix bet with the sun. Oh. There's also a rather um, cheeky um, good luck charm in the sun. Have you seen it? Oh, this is... Are we allowed to say this, Rub? I'm not sure we are. Well, it, and it, I don't really want to take up their invitation. Rub your lucky nuts. I'm rubbing my lucky nuts. Not, no, they're Brazilian nuts, because I guess they're playing Brazil. No, they're playing Poland. Hang on, oh, okay. We're nuts about football, not testicles, so join our cracking plan to help England beat Poland on their way to the World Cup in Brazil. Well, surely we should be rubbing our Polish sausage. Rub rub your sausage. Don't don't encourage them, that'll be in there tomorrow. Rub your sausage, leave your nuts alone, I say. Speaking of pork, a rasher of bacon a day can harm a man's fertility, according yeah, to the Daily Mail. Well, I'm a vegetarian. Underneath the picture of a very pregnant Kate Winslet. See yeah. what they did there? Yes. They're casting aspersions on her choice of footwear. She can wear what she likes. Well, well, no, no. hang on a minute. She's, she's, how pregnant is she? Very pregnant. Quite. Quite pregnant. Let's say seven months, for the sake of uh, arguments and for the sake of making things up. She's seven months pregnant, uh, and she's wearing very, very high mm. stiletto shoes. She's got swollen feet, as pregnant women get. Oh, that's horrible. Um, and of course she shouldn't be wearing those shoes. I think that the, the, the what is it, the male? I think really? The, who are you, Jeff Banks? Who are you to tell her what she can and can't wear? She's just going for a night say, out. Just to make that reference a bit more relevant, it's like an old-fashioned Gokwan. <laughs> uh, she she should not be wearing shoes like that in her heavily pregnant state because she could easily. We all, you always see celebrities tumble on the red, red carpet. It was raining as well yesterday. How many children has she had? This is her fourth. She's wow. probably quite well practised. She should pack it in. Um, she should stop rubbing her sausage. Anyway, now. let's talk about bacon. Yes. Men who eat just one rasher of bacon a day could be reducing their chances of becoming fathers. Who no. eats bacon every day? Really? Uh, really? Fat people? Half, maybe it's more about that than it is about the actual um, right. food stuff. Half a portion of processed meat, such as a rasher or small sausage, can significantly harm sperm quality, scientists believe. Sperm quality? Yeah. Those who want to boost the odds oh. of having a child should eat fish instead. 
kippers for breakfast, with species such as cod or halibut appearing to have a particularly dramatic effect on fertility. The Apprentice star who sued Lord Sugar said she's broke on benefits, so why is she in can buying trendy gear? Stella English. Remember her? Yeah, I liked her. I liked her until I saw that picture of her in a swimsuit. No. Uh, she sued uh, the, 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 the Apprentice man, what's his name, Sugar, uh, Lord Sugar, King Sugar, uh, and then he tried to sue her, and he said, I've only got £200 in the bank, you can't sue me, I can't feed my kids. Then, she's in Cannes, buying stuff in the Dior shop. She's bought no, something from... No, it's Agent Provocateur. Agent, uh, Agent Provocateur. Provocative. She's bought something from there. That's the sexy pants, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's pants. There's an image. Go I on, don't think they more. do nice big uh, belly warmers. Um... Wow. Can you do another one? Because I'm really stretching well, here. <laughs> I know you are. I wish you'd stop. He's putting me off. <laughs> Trying to rub my, my sausage and my nuts. It's food. Uh, very quickly, 40% gas bill rise for OAP, 87. It's the Queen. Ha, 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 Son, well done. You've you run out of time, Cash. Oh. Boris Johnson says something stupid. Yeah. Too late. Ta-ta.
song, dear listener. That's a song and indeed a half, isn't it? It's just one song. A song and a half would be crazy. That would be uh, A Day in the Life by the Beatles. Uh, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Lots uh, up for grabs this morning. Has any, have you started your Christmas shopping? Indeed, have you finished your Christmas shopping? No, no one could be that sad, could they? That by October the 15th, they have finished their Christmas shopping. I say sad, maybe I'm just jealous of your practicalities. Nick says, oh no, Nick bar humbug. I don't do Christmas. It's a rip-off and the bills mount up and you spend the rest of the year paying them. No, no, Nick, you don't have to. You spend within your means. You buy a few small presents for those around you. You don't even have to buy presents. Don't make presents. They're always a bit rubbish. Don't make presents. And no one, no one over the age of eight should be making cards. Uh, but, uh, but Christmas, Christmas dinner? You don't do Christmas dinner, the finest meal in the year? And bus driver Jay, I don't believe this for one second, I've done all my Christmas shopping three weeks ago, so all finished, thanks. Really? 08459 four double five five double five. I'm Ian Lee, it's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now, it's Adam Glynn. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Roadworks in Copal. This is on the A603, the Bedford Road, and they're doing works as you go past Balls Lane. They're going to be doing those works for another month or so. Through Whipsnade, the B4540 has temporary traffic lights up. They're around Studham Lane, and they're going to be there just until the 1st of November. As you make your way down the M25 this morning, anti-clockwise, it's definitely starting to build up from Waltham Abbey to Enfield, Junction 26 to 25, and further round little bit of a delay starting to be flagged up on the speed sensors from the M1 to Kings Langley. It's on the move, but it is slow. As you make your way through Chesant, the A10 southbound is looking a little bit busy on the approach to the M25, but other approaches to London along the M1 and the A1M are still good for the minute, as is the M40 past High Wycombe and the A40 further into London. Trains and tubes continue to run without problems. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. Little squeak at the end. We've all had it. We've all had a little voice break as we're, we're talking on the radio. There's nothing to be embarrassed about, Adam. So please don't be. Six forty-seven or thereabouts. It's Tuesday, the fifteenth of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Scotland Yard detectives investigating the disappearance of Madeleine McCann say there was an overwhelming response to their appeal for help in last night's BBC Crime Watch broadcast. Three women who were pulled over by Hertfordshire Police and had their windows smashed in have made a formal complaint about the way they were treated. Coming up, we'll be talking more about Crime Watch, not Madeleine McCann, but uh, Luton was featured on there last night. The victim of a shooting in Luton was on Crime Watch. We'll be talking about that. But before that, let's get the weather. It's Kate Kinsella. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a rather grey start. There's a lot of cloud around. Also one or two mist and fog patches, but it's a much quieter day than yesterday. The temperature outside at the moment ranging somewhere between 7 and 9 Celsius, and it is set to get a little bit warmer. Despite the lack of sunshine today, we could get some brighter spells, some thinner areas of cloud. This should happen as we head through the course of the afternoon. The temperature getting up to a reasonable 14 Celsius. Overnight tonight, if we have one or two showers around this evening, they should die. 
die away, leaving it dry and for some of us clear. That's going to allow some mist and fog patches to develop and uh, that could mean things get quite chilly, particularly as we head further towards dawn tomorrow morning. The minimum temperature down to 5 Celsius, but the more sheltered areas could get a degree or two lower than that, which could mean a glimmer of grass frost. But it's fairly unlikely for most of us. It is a possibility, though, in the more sheltered and more prone areas. For tomorrow morning, quite misty to start and a big band of heavy, persistent rain heading our way through the course of the morning. The middle part of the day, rather wet and rather windy, but it will dry out as we get towards the evening. The maximum temperature tomorrow, 15 Celsius. That's 59 degrees in Fahrenheit. And that's your forecast. Thank you, Kate. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number if you want to give me a call. Every weekday morning from nine, the biggest local talking points. There is only one professional force that can control chemical weapons. How can we, as a civilized country, stand by and let more poor innocent children get killed? The JVS Show. Harry's in Bedford. Let's see what Harry wants to say. She knew what the laws were. She knew what she was doing. She got caught tough. I disagree with the penalty. I think that the smuggling drugs it shouldn't be a death penalty the jbs show weekdays from nine bbc three counties radio Too much to 
morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, the victim of a shooting in Luton was on TV last night as part of a crime watch appeal. 27-year-old Atif Ali was driving down Dunstable Road when he was hit from behind. He got out to inspect the damage and was shot in the leg. Initial police reports suggested the suspect was a white man and someone Atif knew. Detectives then changed the description, saying the suspect was Asian and not known to the victim. Here's how witnesses reacted at the time. Devastated. Absolutely devastated because I've got young kids and it it hits home when it's so close to home and um, when you come out of your house and you see that, it, it just... I'm speechless. I don't know. I mean, I'm shaking right now. Honestly, I don't even know how I'm going to go to work. You're very emotional. You're almost crying, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I am. Because... This is unbelievable. Are you now terrified about living in Luton? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just told my husband I want to go. We move out. Go somewhere else. I don't know. Well, Atif is now trying to rebuild his life after almost losing his leg. He spoke exclusively to BBC Three County Radio, uh, Three Counties Radio's Matt Lockwood when he came out of hospital. So I got out of the car, went to the back of the check whether I'd been hit, uh, had a look at the bottom of my bumper. As I was just about to turn around to have a look at the guy who was in the car behind me, the guy had already got out of the car and uh, I heard another bang, loud bang and... Uh, as I lost my balance and I fell to the floor, looked down and saw my leg and it was kind of <laughs> hanging off. Managed to drag myself onto the footpath and started to call for help. I did try and kind of turn around and see if I can remember the number plate uh, as it drove off. But you know, in that situation, you 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 got so many things running through your head. It's it's a bit difficult. Did you get a look at no. the man? No, 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 not properly. Um, I mean, like I said, you don't. Uh, you're on your way to work. You don't, and you know, even in a normal accident situation, you don't think, "Oh, I better get a look, good look at this guy." You know, I mean, I'm about to get shot in thirty seconds. It just doesn't cross your mind. And this was during rush hour. Yeah, I mean, there were there were there were cars ahead of me. There were cars behind that car. There were kids going to school, people going to work. It was eight o'clock in the morning on a Monday Monday morning. So somebody would have seen it. Yeah. Yeah, there's bound to. I mean, there, there, there's bound to be people there that would have either seen the car trying to get away or the car hitting my car. And the, you know, the, the, the impact of the cars. They're bound to have seen something. You know, it's, it's rush hour. It's not possible that nobody saw anything at all. Who called the ambulance? Um, I was very, very, very fortunate with the way things happened. One of the first people that turned up was actually a family friend. He didn't actually know it was me. He just saw somebody lying on the floor calling for help. So he pulled up and as he approached, he realised it was me. Um, he called an ambulance straight away. Um, and then there were uh, there was a, a, a lovely lady that turned up who just happened to be uh, passing by and happened to be a, a first aider and a gentleman as well who again knew exactly what he was doing stop my blood and that more or less saved my life because if he hadn't done that I was losing losing blood at a rate that was really alarming Well that was uh, Asif uh, speaking to uh, not uh, Matt as we said but Chet and Partak 08459 455555 Tell me that you got everything you want and your book can sing 
in Limbury. This is what this just doesn't work on the site. He's texted in eight one three double three. Starting his text three CR on the subject of have you done your Christmas shopping? I've bought my wife's Christmas present. She found shoes she liked, so she ordered them, and I just have to give her the money. Job done. Well, Martin, no, you haven't bought her a Christmas present. You've bought her a present. You can't buy Christmas presents and then give them two or three months in advance. That that's not how it works at all. Silly sausage. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there's a lane closed. This is a broken-down vehicle as you go past the Luton Airport Spur at Junction 10. The hard shoulder's been blocked after a vehicle broke down, but because, of course, it's a live lane at the moment, make sure you approach with care. If you're heading down the M40 toward London, there's a lane blocked on the exit slip road to the M25 anti-clockwise. So as you go down that London-bound M40 and try and get onto the anti-clockwise M25, one lane blocked by an accident, so the slip road down to a single lane, and it's causing a bit of a build-up of traffic. In Hertford Heath, London Road, the B1197, it's been blocked northbound by a fallen tree at Vicarage Causeway. Police are aware and will be dealing with that. The A1M southbound starting to get heavy past Stephen at Junction 7 into London the A1 looking slow through Borehamwood from Stirling Corner to Apex Corner and of course on the M25 delays starting to build Waltham Abbey to Enfield in the roadworks and from the M1 to Kings Langley Adam Glynn BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you very much Adam Coming up after the news here's some incredible audio three women and a baby in a car as the police smash their rear window to get them out heavy handed Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Barry Caffrey. The headlines, positive response to appeal for information on Madeleine McCann. Women pulled over by Hearts Police complain about how they were treated and free parking being offered in Hemel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Detectives investigating the disappearance of Madeleine McCann say there was an overwhelming response to their appeal for help in last night's BBC Crime Watch broadcast. Officers say there are strong indications that it was a planned abduction and they want to trace a man spotted holding a child of similar appearance to Madeleine on the night she was last seen. Mark Thomas Williams is a criminologist and says there is a danger that hopes will be raised. Let's be very mindful of the impact that it has on the family because, of course, as soon as they have their expectations raised, they're looking for some kind of result in it. So they have to manage those expectations. And I think we have to be very cautious, particularly in the media, not to bank too much hype over this. Three women who were stopped in their car and had the windows smashed in by Hertfordshire Police have made a formal complaint. It happened in the early hours of last Thursday morning on the A10 in Chesant. Paul Scoynes has more. Ah! Right, get out of the car now. 
That's the sound of the car's side window being smashed. The driver says she'd already spoken to officers outside of the vehicle and admitted she thought she was insured to drive under her policy, but wasn't. A passenger recorded the incidents and said that the officers used batons to break the windows after one of the other women refused to get out to talk to them. Hearts Police say they've received a complaint which is being dealt with by their professional standards department. Councils against the proposed high-speed rail line through Buckinghamshire are at the Supreme Court later. Ten local authorities, including Chiltern District Council and Three Rivers District Council, say there are serious environmental grounds with the project. They want the decision to proceed with HS2 revoked by the government. Free car parking vouchers are being offered to people in Hemel Hempstead's Old Town. Shopkeepers have welcomed the move, but still say the delayed roadworks could put them out of business. A decision will be made by Friday about how the contractors continue with the project. Leader of Decorum Borough Council is Andrew Williams. You know, anybody who gets local paper will have an opportunity to cut the voucher out and use it and I hope they make use of that even if it's just for a walk through the high teach just to see what's on offer perhaps they don't regularly visit here and the prospect of being able to park free take a walk in the park take a stroll through the high street you know, might just spark their imagination to do you know, what is on offer now England captain Stephen Gerrard says not reaching Euro 2008 still haunts him but will spur many of his side on as they go into tonight's crucial World Cup qualifier against Poland at Wembley. England will reach the 2014 World Cup in Brazil with a win but anything less would see Ukraine top Group H if they beat San Marino. Kickoff tonight at Wembley is at 8 o'clock. Now the weather for beds, hearts and books. It'll start off cloudy with a chance of some scattered showers. It will be drier and brighter later with some sunny intervals. Maximum temperatures of 14 degrees Celsius, 57 degrees Fahrenheit. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you very much. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Three minutes past seven. It's the 15th of October. I'm learning that some of you have finished your Christmas shopping. Well, that's just insane, isn't it? Haven't even started. I'd like to get it done by the end of November. I'd like to get it done by the end of November every year. Only once have I achieved this. Lots of other things in the show this morning, including an investigation has been launched into c- claims officers pulled over three women in Hertfordshire and were overly heavy-handed. We have some audio of what happened. It's incredible. You won't want to miss it. A lifeline for traders in Hemel as the council offers thousands of car parking vouchers to shoppers. But will it be enough to save the old town's high street? And as I said... We're trying to find listeners who have finished their Christmas shop. I couldn't believe that people had even started their Christmas shopping. Some of you have finished already. Really? Really? That's a little bit weird, isn't it? It doesn't feel Christmassy at all to me yet. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR, and you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, I'm going to play some audio in a second that is incredible, and I I suspect you'll want to give me a, a call after this. 
Three women who were pulled over by Hertfordshire police have made a formal complaint about the way they were treated. Sonia Muneri was a passenger in a car with her two aunts and her four-month-old cousin when they were stopped by police in the early hours of last Thursday on the A10 in Chessent. The family claimed they have no idea why they were stopped, and when one of them refused to get out of the car, police smashed a side window and arrested her. Now, listen to this recording, and the simple question is, should they have got out of the car? Sonia recorded some of what happened. The woman you hear speaking is Sonia's aunt. Have a listen, then give me a call. Let me know your thoughts. Anything. I want an explanation as to why I've been stopped. It's because I'm driving a car and I'm black. You've told me that cars get stolen. If I'd been white, you'd never have stopped me. And that's a fact. Whether you want to accept it or not. How do we know you're black? You saw me. I actually saw you get into that roundabout. I see you. I saw you get into that roundabout. And you did see me. Open the door right now. No, I am not going to. I'm feeling threatened by you. I want to talk to somebody else who's reasonable. Go away. I don't want to talk to these two. Talk to me. Can they go away, please? No, they're not going anywhere. No, they must stand far away. I do not wish to speak to this. What is she bringing that baton out for? Because you're refusing to admit Listen, I would like to speak to somebody else. These two have been very... I'm not happy with these two. And I'm not... I'm a lawful citizen. I've not broken any laws. I am driving here. I told her my name already. And I've spelt it. I'm going to smash your window very quickly and it's at your expense. Do you understand? Why would you smash my window for? Because you won't open the door. Why is it to open the when you're holding all these buttons and things like that? And like I'm saying to you, I feel very threatened. You're a woman with a child. Won't I'm a you woman with a child a and you're threatening me. Oh, right, get out of the car now. Get out of the car now. Oh, that way. Can you jump out of the car and stay on the pavement? I didn't say you did. Your friend's an idiot, you know that, no. don't you? You could have been driving away right now. Well, simple question, should they have got out of the car? Bearing in mind, you remember there was a four-month-old baby in that car, uh, and that was an edited version of uh, events. We have asked to speak to Hearts Police, who tell us uh, an investigation has been launched, so they are unable to comment at the time. Well, Sonia Mineri joins me now. Good morning, Sonia. Oh, Sonia, why do you think you were stopped? Um, to be honest, they first stopped us to tell us, to ask us if we were lost. Right. And that was their first reason for stopping us. And from things then, we just don't understand why they stopped us. We actually did ask them if they stopped us because we were black. Now, in the, in the recording, we can hear them say that they didn't know you were black when they stopped you. Do, do mm-hmm. you believe that? No, I don't believe that. Because, I mean, if when, after stopping us, they could have just let us go. But they didn't. So I'm not, I don't think that they did because they just carried on being arrogant and cruel to us, really. So, Sonia, they, the, the, first of all, they asked you if you were lost. What, what happened mm-hmm. then? How did the conversation progress? Um, basically, they said, are you lost? We said no. And then they then moved on to insurance. And after sorting out the insurance issues, um, because your, your which, sister who was driving, Plax, mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. did. She was driving, but she didn't have insurance on that car, did she? 
on that car she didn't okay. um, she wasn't aware of that but after realizing that she wasn't um the police officer you know gave her um i'm not sure what they did in the police car but he saw they sorted that issue out and then she came back into the car so she got out of the car Mm-hmm. Got in the car with the police officer. They mm-hmm. established that she didn't have insurance on the car, and then she got back in the car with with you. Yeah, back into the passenger side. And then what happened? And then they then moved on to saying that we didn't indicate um, at the roundabout, and they said that we were travelling at thirty miles an hour at a fifty mile zone. And um, they then proceeded to. Sorry, to they said. Me. Sorry, they said you were travelling at thirty miles per hour in a fifty <laughs> mile per hour zone, which, yeah. as far as I know, is not against the law. Yeah, I'm thinking should should you not clap your hands or give us a reward for that because we're within the law. Yep. But that wasn't the case. They then moved on to my other auntie, um, asking for her insurance and if she owned the car, um, because they said that cars of that nature um, tend to get stolen. So, they, so then, they, they were, what, do you, what do you interpret from from that comment? Um, for me, I'm thinking, um, for, is it a crime for black people to drive expensive cars? Because why wouldn't um, we be driving an expensive car? Did, did you pick up from that comment the, the, the suggestion, or do you think he, he was implying that you had stolen the car? Yeah, because they they mention that those kind okay. of cars get stolen, but they do. That could have been verified by them that if the car was stolen with their database. Now, the the woman we heard in the recording who is mm-hmm. refusing to get out of the car—that's your your other sister, isn't it? Yeah, my who, auntie. Your auntie. So yeah. she is insured to drive the yeah. car, as it's her yeah. husband's. Why didn't she want to get out of the car when she was asked to? Um, the way they were asking was in an aggressive manner, and by then they had their batons out. How, sorry, just were, Sonia, how many officers were there? At the first incident, there were two officers, um, a male and a female. Yep. And they were on either side of the car tapping the windows with their buttons. Right. So if somebody is telling you to get out of a car and they have a button, whether it's a police officer or not, and you feel like you're in danger and your safety is compromised, you do hesitate in terms of coming out of the car. Yeah. And she did request to speak to somebody else because obviously she wanted to resolve the issue, but they never allowed her that chance. You say there were two officers there to start with. Did more officers mm-hmm. arrive? Yeah. How many Within, were at the end? There were about five officers. There were three police vans, um, a police, um, three police cars, a police van and a police dog. I don't know why there was a police dog, to be honest, for three women and a baby. I'm still, I'm still baffled about that. Uh, do you think that your aunt was right not to get out? Yes, definitely. Why? As a woman, as a woman um, at two a.m. Um, being vulnerable, and you've got two people threatening your safety, and you have a um, four-month-old baby, your instinct is to protect your child first of all, and then yourself. So I do believe that it was right for her not to come out. They smashed the uh, the window. Yeah. Um, they said they were going to smash the window, and they did. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened then? Um, after that, they then proceeded to turn and say, I got get out of the car. And my other auntie, who was then in the passenger side, was then dragged out of the car, and her chest was pushed so aggressively onto the car, and she was handcuffed. And how old no is reason. she? How old is she, if you don't mind me asking, roughly? Um, I think she's in the 40s. Okay. I hope. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm sure you've not done her a disservice, uh, don't worry. Yeah. You, 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 may, you may have made her even younger. So she was pushed yeah. against the car and was handcuffed. Yeah. And 
they never read her her rights. They never said that she was arrested. And so she, she was, you, she, you, as far as you're concerned, she was actually arrested? Yeah. Right. Basically, if you're going to handcuff somebody, they are under arrest. Right. And um, she kept asking them why they're doing this, because she, her issue had already been resolved with the insurance thing, so I'm not sure why they went back to her. And then they allowed us to come out of the car with no, you know, aggression and things like that. So I'm not sure why they went back to my other auntie. What happened then? Um, basically, then we then we were sat outside. The baby was wrapped in a blanket for more than two hours. And for us as adults, we were shivering, let alone the baby. And then they kept saying that they were going to call Child Protective Services. Um, they were going to take to the station. One police officer actually pushed his um, his vest against my auntie while she was holding the baby, accusing her and saying, do you have mental health issues? Are you taking your medication? I'm like, that's just defamation of someone's character and false accusation. Why were they threatening to call social services about your child? What, 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 I, what, were, they, what were they implying? I have no idea because it was, it was just threats with no grounds, basically. They were just trying to just shoot different things, looking for different things just to accuse us of. Because they're the ones that put that infant in danger. We actually found small particles of glass on her face. Oh, dear. Um, when uh, we got back to the hotel. And so. all the time this is going on, you're stood outside, and you yeah. say it went on for two hours. Yeah. How, how were you feeling, Sonia? I was, I was in shock, because when the glass first smashed, it went into my face. And that was just shocking, traumatic for me. And I was literally, like, shaking. I called my father, um... Um, when that happened, this is early in the morning, and he was confused as to why it was happening. Um, but then afterwards, I just, I realized that this should not be happening, so I then proceeded to, like, take the, all their details and um, the registration plates and their badge numbers because things like this should not be going on from people that are supposed to be protecting you and instead they're intimidating and endangering you. It's just unacceptable. You were, you were all escorted back to your hotel. What 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 happened then? How did how did they leave? Um, basically, it's out of nowhere. They're like, "We'll take you home." Well, I'm back to the hotel, and my auntie was allowed to sit in the passenger side of the police car. Um, my other auntie was um, sat in the other police car, and I was sat in the car that um, that they smashed. And the police officer drove that car, and they dropped us off. And they basically said, have a nice evening. And they just left us there. They actually said, have a nice evening? Yeah. So you, you've all you've complained to Hearts Police. Why? Because this, these things should not happen. They should not be allowed to happen to, people, to members of the public. Whether you're, whatever ethnicity you are, things like this shouldn't happen. And they shouldn't be allowed to get away with things like this at all. Uh, baby's okay? Baby wasn't scratched or injured or anything? No, she's fine. There you go, fantastic. Sonia, I really appreciate your time, and thank you very much for getting in touch with this. Thank you so much. There you go, that's uh, Sonia Maneri, who was in a car with uh, two uh, members of her family and a four-month-old baby when the window was smashed 
by the police. Well, uh, the police won't come on the show today, but Hertfordshire uh, Police have sent us a statement saying Hertfordshire Constabulary's Professional Standards Department is currently investigating a complaint from members of the public following an incident. As this incident is currently being investigated, it will be inappropriate for us to comment. Hearts Police have ten days to respond to this complaint, and it's again worth stressing that as a result uh, of that, we, we have only one side of this story. Well, what do you think? Simple question. Should Sonia and her family have got out of the car? I've been told by Paul Scoynes, who's been looking into this story, we have some photographs of the event. Not quite sure what these photographs are, but we'll try and get them on the Facebook page as soon as we can. Right, 717, Travel News. Here's Adam. Travel News for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The 11.97 in Hertford Heath. All clear now. The fallen tree's been removed. It was at the Vicarage Causeway. The M1, they've managed to get the broken down vehicle out of the way past Junction 10 at Luton Airport. A1M Stowe Stevenage bound though as you go past Junction 7 and toward London. Then into London, it's slow through Boreham Wood. Sterling Corner to Apex Corner. M40 London bound delays. There's a lane closed on the exit. Slip to the anti-clockwise M25. That's because of an accident. Congestion already back to Beaconsfield. The exit slip is down to a single lane. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much. Seven eighteen. It's Tuesday, the fifteenth of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Officers investigating the disappearance of Madeleine McCann say they had an overwhelming response from the public to last night's reconstruction on the BBC's Crime Watch programme. Three women who were stopped in their car by Hertfordshire Police late at night and had their windows smashed in by officers have made a formal complaint against the force. The weather this morning: beds, hearts, and bucks. Cloudy after a misty start for many. There may be some showers later. Highest temperature is thirteen degrees. Coming up, free car parking being offered in Hemel Hempstead Old Town. It's to try and encourage shoppers while road works are taking place to create a one-way system. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Isn't it annoying when you just miss the end of something? Those are the headlines. There's a full bulletin at four. You have to turn the radio off. Or there's just so many interesting things, you don't have time to listen to them all. There's a lady here. Hello, have you got the treasure for me? I have the treasure. I lost him when I was 11 and he certainly made a great impression on me. Then why not use BBC iPlayer Radio? She developed a cocaine habit that cost her over £120 a day. You can listen again to our programmes and even see what our presenters look like. You look like Mr Stamper from a James Bond film. Head to bbc.co.uk slash three counties and make BBC Three Counties Radio unmissable. Now, we've got some uh, comments from you on uh, what you've just heard about the women in the car who had the police uh, smash their window. Uh, Neil says, crazy women. Police police ask you to get out. You get out. No blame to police at all. Race card. Uh, Really, Neil, you're you're three women and a baby in a car at one o'clock in the morning... I don't know. I don't know. Um, and we've got an email. That says, why was that woman in the car taping the event in the first place? Why was she so aggressive? Another example of no respect for the police. And then the passengers have the cheek to go on the radio. Rubbish. Well, those are uh, some saying that. We've got a couple of... Um, if I can just get the Facebook page to work. These computers, I think I may have mentioned once or twice. 
slightly slow here at BBC Three Counties Radio. There is a comment with the opposite opinion. Let me see if I can find that. Yes. Uh, Gavin says, sack the police that smashed in the window of that woman's car. Disgusting treatment. Luckily, nowadays, we have gadgets to catch these officers who think they're above the law and well done for recording the incident. If you want to have your say, should they have got out of the car? You're a woman, there's a baby in the car, it's one o'clock in the morning, there are several police with their batons drawn, speaking to you aggressively. Should you get out of your car? We'll be speaking to a lawyer later on to find out the legal requirements. 08459 455 555. Now, thousands of free uh, car parking vouchers are being offered by Decorum Borough Council in Hemel Hempstead's Old Town while roadworks to implement a one-way system there continue. Shopkeepers have welcomed the move, but still say the delayed works could put them out of business if they last much longer. A decision will be made by Friday and how the contractors uh, continue with the project. uh, Joined by reporter Justin Dealey, who's been following this story very closely. Justin, how bad is the traffic? Uh, Ian, absolutely dreadful. Um, Yeah, I was there yesterday. I was uh, at a complete standstill for 10 minutes, and this is when I spoke to Prince. He wasn't happy. Here's what happened. I'm in in the traffic at the same time, and uh, and I just come out of my car to, to find out what is happening. I mean, what is happening there is not on. They've been doing this thing for, for a long time. They haven't got it done. So you've actually got out of your car. We've been here for five minutes. You've actually got out of your yeah. car to go up there and find out what's going on. Yeah, that's it's right. It's that bad. It is very bad. If, uh, I, mean, I mean, especially if, um, if families have got children to go to school, it is very bad. Very, very bad. Well, Justin, it's, uh, people aren't happy by this at all, are they? No, not at all. And you can understand the frustration, of course, uh, all this work, all, the dis- all this disruption uh, to make the old town into a, a one-way system. They feel that would uh, solve some of the traffic problems there, but also create extra car parking spaces so people would literally park outside the shops, nip in, buy something, and then move on. Hopefully that would increase business. But we're talking here, Ian, about three extra car parking spaces, so not many at all. A decision isn't going to be made until Friday. What are the options that uh, they've got? Well, after yesterday's meeting between the council and the traders, I spoke to Sanjay Patel from Hearts Highways, and he explained the three options moving forward. Uh, First option is we finish off the area that we've got already open uh, by finishing off with the new materials, Yorkstone granite paving, um, and coming back after the new year uh, to finish the rest of the high street off. Uh, The second option is to finish off uh, the whole of the project um, by the end of November in the high street, Increasing the resources, doubling the resources, um, using weekend working and uh, potentially night surfacing works to finish off the job. The third option is the option of uh, just backfilling what we've already got open, not using the uh, new materials, and then coming back in in January, February um, to start up again uh, and finish off the job in the new year. Are you embarrassed by the situation up here? Um, We are sorry for the uh, situation, yeah, it it is a bit of a mess. Uh, We we should have been finished by the end of this month, Um, so yeah, we are sorry and... uh, um, unfortunately, uh, we are where we are at this stage, and we, we need to now add additional resources at our own cost to um, try and catch up. Sanjay, you're in charge of this project. You've heard some of the stories. Yeah. Businesses here have been here for many, many years. They could lose their business. When you're sitting there, when you're hearing those stories, how does it make you feel? Well, not very good, actually. Um, we shouldn't we shouldn't have caused this disruption and um, uh, the, the hassle we have given the businesses. It wasn't intended, so I, can't, I can only apologise for the businesses. Listen, it's always nice to hear from someone from the council apologising. Yep. But 
it's a little bit late for apologies when you know we've, we're hearing that some shops are down 40 percent 55 percent one shop's got 25 grand's worth of stock that they they can't afford to pay for and only by the good grace of their supplier are they able to keep hold of it so uh, an apology it's great to hear we don't get it very often mm, and no. it sounded sincere there from uh, from sanjay but it's not good enough, is it? Well, you know, the traders yesterday were actually quite happy to a certain degree with the apology okay. because they had a meeting last week and they just felt like uh, the councils, uh, the people in charge, they just weren't listening, they didn't care. Well, yesterday they sat down uh, and actually made a full, frank apology to the traders. Uh, they said, look, we're sorry, there have been problems, but we're doing our very best to try and put this right for you so you don't go out of business. You've also been speaking to Terry Duris, friend of the show, Cabinet Member for Highways at Hearts County Council. What's he had to say? Well, I asked Terry, Ian, what I thought was one simple question. Hertfordshire County Council are in charge of this project, and I put the question to Terry. Um, did he feel like the council had let the traders uh, down? A yes-no question, is it? Uh, it's a yes-no question. Terry's, Terry's yes. as I've discovered from experience, is not a fan of the yes-no question. Uh, here's what happened. I think you're... I think you're leading me into... Uh, no, no, it's a simple question. Have you let the traders down? No, no I'm, Justin, I'm not going to do it. It's just one simple question. Have you let the traders down? Whenever you do a major road project like this, there are always going to be difficulties, mm. and we have to work together with the traders and with the Cornborough Council. Um, and with our contractors to minimise the difficulties going if, forward. I mean, if you have unforeseen circumstances, OK, that could happen on any job. The question was, though, do you feel, with everything that's happened here, that you have let these people down? Are you going to go home today and are you going to have sleepless nights over what's happened here? Have you let them down? As a council, as somebody in charge of the project, have you let them down, Terry? Yes or no? I think that sort of question and the, any answer to that is going to be subjective. Just a yes or a no. As a politician, you always have to counter every answer that you give. But it's a yes or no answer. But it is, though, isn't it? Maybe. Maybe not. Just a yes or a no. <laughs> Terry, I'm sorry, I need to get an answer. It's just a yes or a no. Have you let the traders down here? Going forward, I think the traders will be the beneficiaries of what we are doing in the old high street. Going forward. Everyone says that. Everyone says, you know, come next year, this high street's going to be great. But as we stand here right now, have you let them down, yes or no? That's a question I don't think I can answer. Sorry. Thank you very much. It is um, one of the great frustrations of d when I when I took this job, kind of my first straight role, as it were. One of the frustrations of people's inability to answer a, a, a simple mm -hmm. yes or no question, and he can either say no, we haven't let them down, what we're doing is wonderful, and we'll be better for them. We can say yes, we made a few mistakes, we're sorry. That's all you. You know, when I first saw Terry yesterday, I was accused of uh, stitching him up last week uh, with an interview. You know, we spoke to Terry last week, we asked him a few questions, and he gave us answers. I think there was a great opportunity for Mr. Doris to come out and say, look, we've have problems we are very very sorry and we're doing everything we can to put things right you know for the time being yes we maybe have let you down slightly but we're doing everything we can to put things right for you that was his opportunity but sadly he didn't take that justin just be quiet for a second
It's gone. There was some really nice bird song while you were talking. I was listening to what you were saying. No, I was listening, but there yeah. was some very nice bird song. It sounded very romantic where you are. Oh, lovely. We're in Luton at the moment. Well, so, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm right then. Luton, of course, is a very romantic, nay, sexy place. Yes, it is. And at least you'll have some opinions on whether people have done their Christmas shopping or not. Um, some fascinating answers already. And uh, you'll hear those before nine. Justin, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455555. Getting lots of uh, calls and texts and emails on the subject of the three ladies and the four-month-old baby who were in a car, stopped by the police one o'clock in the morning, asked to get out, battens were drawn, a window was smashed, the rear window. Should they have got out? 08459 455555. I'm Ian Lee, this is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. M40 London-bound. There's still a lane closed on the exit slip to the anti-clockwise M25. It's an accident down there blocking off one lane, so only one lane open. It's very, very slow on the approach. Congestion already back to Beaconsfield at Junction 2. On the M25, there are some delays as well. Unrelated to that problem, further back, it's slow anti-clockwise going into the roadworks past Potter's Bar. Busy as you continue around from the M1 to the A41, Junction 21 to 20 at Kings Langley, and then further from Chorleywood to the M40 looking busy as well. A1M, still heavy past Stevenage at Junction 7 on the speed sensors. Some delays on the A1 into London through Borehamwood from Stirling Corner to Apex Corner. Looking at the speed sensors, it is still quite busy on the A10 through Chesant this morning. There seems to be a fair old queue coming down from Broxbourne through Chesant toward the M25 at Junction 25. Trains and tubes, though, running without problems. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. half past seven. I'm Barry Caffrey. The headlines, detectives investigating the disappearance of Madeleine McCann six years ago say they've received almost 500 phone calls and emails since eFit images of a possible suspect were shown last night on Crime Watch. It's now thought it may have been a planned abduction. An investigation's been launched into three women's complaints about what they consider extreme heavy-handedness by Hertfordshire Police. The women and a young baby were travelling along the A10 in Chesant in the early hours of last Thursday morning when they were pulled over and following an exchange with three officers had their window smashed. Hearts Police say they've received a complaint which is being dealt with by their Professional Standards Department. Councils against the proposed high-speed rail line through Buckinghamshire are at the Supreme Court later. Ten local authorities, including Chiltern District Council and Three Rivers District Council, say there are serious environmental grounds with the project. They want the decision to proceed with HS2 revoked by the government. And the weather for beds, hearts and books, it'll start off cloudy with a chance of some scattered showers. It will become drier and brighter later with some sunny intervals. Maximum temperatures of 14 degrees Celsius today. That's 57 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England captain Stephen Gerrard says not reaching Euro 2008 still haunts him but will spur many of his side on as they go into tonight's crucial World Cup qualifier against Poland at Wembley. England will reach the 2014 World Cup in Brazil with a win but anything less would see Ukraine top Group H if they beat San Marino. Gerrard says the 3-2 defeat to Croatia six years ago shows how important it is for England to seize the moment. I think the Croatia games is one of them memories that you're never ever going to be able to eject and 
Um, that's why it's so important that we seize this moment and you know we look back on this game with fond memories um, because as you say the Croatia night and the experience haunts you for a very very long time. Well kick off at Wembley is at 8 o'clock this evening. The Luton athlete Deji Tobias says he's pleased to have been awarded some lottery funding. The sprinter won't get full funding like Milton Keynes long jumper Greg Rutherford, who has been included in the World Class Performance Programme. Instead, Tobias is on the potential list and he says he's happy with what he'll receive. You're on a certain level of funding and that you get access to physiotherapy treatment and um, they also help you towards competition and training costs as well. I'm eternally grateful for it, so I'd like to tell everyone to keep buying lottery tickets. Tennis and after a run of three wins in four tournaments, Laura Robson has parted company with her coach Miles McLacken after just four months. The British number one reached the fourth round of Wimbledon and the third round of the US Open under McLacken. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. More at eight. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, three women who happen to be black. Is that important that we don't know yet? In a car, there's a four-month-old baby. They get stopped by the police at one o'clock in the morning. One of them, the driver gets taken out, goes and sits in the police car. They work out there's a problem uh, with insurance. She's not sure to drive the car. She gets back in the car. The police then uh, ask the, uh, uh, the driver of the car to get out. She refuses. Battens are drawn. Tempers are raised. Uh, and eventually, the window of the, the rear window of the car is smashed in. Should the women have got out of the car? Lots of you on Facebook having your say. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Carrie Wright says, I'm listening to Sonia. Sonia was uh, one of the women in the car. Spoke to her early on. I'm shocked, but I'm not surprised. I wouldn't feel comfortable at all getting out of the car if they were using their batons, tapping on the window. Surely Hearts Police officers, uh, Hearts Police offer training in these areas. This disgusting behaviour needs to stop. It usually, not always, is a suspicion based on race. It shouldn't have taken so many officers. They should have been trained in dealing with this. A huge failure of Hearts Police. Andrew says, another example of disgraceful malpractice and unprofessional conduct by the largest racist institution in the country that is the police. What excuse did they have to stop three innocent women and a baby and terrorise them? Now, we have to stress at this point, uh, Hearts Police have given us a statement. We don't have their side of the story. So we are only getting one side of the story. But with that one side in mind, should the women have got out of the car? Joe's in Letchworth. Morning, Joe. Hello, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. What do you make about this? To, to be honest, Ian, like you say, it may it may seem a bit heavy-handed, but like I say, the police aren't there to defend themselves. But to be honest, Ian, when a, when a copper tells you to get out the car, there's an issue, so you get out the car. And it's simple, as simple as that, Ian. There was no excuse. And I think that the fact that she turned around and said, oh, you, you stopped me because I'm black, I just I just think, come on, really, that's 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 a little bit lame to, to try and use that one. Well, let's let's deal with that in a second. What I believe okay. is, is, is sometimes called the race card. Yes. Uh, but if you're... If, it's different for us, Joe, because we're blokes, okay? And I've been asked to get out of police, uh, get out of cars by the police, and I've been asked to get out nicely, and I've been asked to get out in, a, in quite a thoroughly unpleasant way, okay? Yeah. But I've always got out, and yes, sir, no, sir, whatever you want, sir. How high, sir? But if you're a woman and there's a baby in the car, it's one o'clock in the morning, and the police are tapping the windows with the bat on. That's very intimidating, is it? That that that's an aggressive. If, if this story is true, that's an aggressive stance from the police, isn't it? It, it can be, but, I mean, look, let's, let's look at the facts, right? The woman wasn't insured. 
Okay, or had the wrong type of insurance. Well, that was that. They dealt with that woman. This was the the woman who had the insurance who was was refusing to get out. Then, right. So, it, it, well, you got to think, right? I'm I'm not, I'm not on anyone's side here, but in a logical world, okay, when a, a member of of the police asks you to get out of the car and then you don't, for them they're going to say, well, what's she, what's she hiding? Mm. What what is the reason? So. To them, they're probably sitting there thinking, right, well, you know, she's got something to hide. So they're tapping on the window. Yeah, it probably does seem a bit intimidating, but that's a warning to say, look, get out the car, because if you don't, then we're going to have to use this, 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 this type of force to get you out. And the fact that they've got a four-month-old baby in the car means that the woman should have used logic herself and done what the cop has asked. They're not going to beat a, beat, a, beat a black woman with a four-month baby in the back of the car. But the fact that she didn't do what she was asked, reasonably asked to do, is why they had to probably resort to. Now let's let's deal with this issue of the race card. I'm guessing you're white, are you, Joe? I am. Yeah, I am white as well. I don't know. Uh, we hear these figures, don't we, that, that more black people are stopped in stop and searches, that sometimes, sometimes, the police perhaps use slightly more aggressive tactics with black people than they do with white people. We hear these stories. So I don't know, as a white middle-class person, uh, how black people feel they are viewed, and indeed how they are viewed, by some members of the police. I would suggest that things are a lot better in the police force than they were 20 years ago. But but I would also imagine, and, and hopefully we've got some some black listeners who can call up and, and, and let me know, I would also imagine that, that some members of the black community still, still feel as though they are treated differently, worse, than white middle-class people. Uh, you, you, you know, you may still get people like that, Ian, but like I say, you know, where I live and the type of friends I have, I've got a very multicultural uh, friend, the black, white, um, Chinese, all colours of the rainbow, you know. And not one of them has ever turned around to me and said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting pulled over, I've been pulled over, I think the police, you know, don't like me because I'm black or I'm brown or I'm yellow or I'm white. Do you know, do you know I mean, I've never, yep. I've never had that from any of my friends. And I just think, I, I just think it's a, it's a bit silly to try and pull that card in this day and age, considering that the type of country, you know, the type of people that we've got living here. Joe, we'll move on because I want to get some more voices on. Thank you very much. We've got an email here. Uh, or a text, I think. Uh, I am black. I'm absolutely fed up of black people using the race card. I've been stopped by the police twice in a period of 30 years. I was very polite in both cases, and they were polite to me. From what I heard... Um, are these separate texts? It's, it's, all, it's all the same. From what I heard, there was no reason for these ladies to refuse to get out of the car when stopped by the police. Just more disregard for authority. In fact, I would say that they had planned to make uh, to take their story to the press as soon as the police stopped them because they started recording immediately. Well, they did. We, we, we haven't got the start. It, 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 we haven't got the start. We haven't got the first woman going, getting out of the car and uh, going and sitting in the police car. So I, I, I'm assuming, and I'm lots of assumptions here, that that doesn't exist. They started recording when it got a little bit more exciting. People should let the police get on with the jobs and they'd have fewer problems. Dennis and Luton, um, and the gu- you guys don't help by giving airtime to these people. Driving with no insurance, criminals! Don't give these people so much airtime. Paul's in Hemel. Morning, Paul. Good morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Should the uh, woman have got out of the car? I think, yes. I, I, well, you've actually covered both of the points that I was going to bring up. First of all, we haven't got the beginning, uh, beginning of the conversation, so we don't know what's happened at the beginning of it to lead up to where they were. But I think if anybody is pulled over by the police at one o'clock in the morning and asked to get out of the car and they refuse to, what are you hiding? That would be my, from a 
you know, from the police's point of view, they'll probably think, right, what are you hiding then? Why, why are you not going to get out of the car? The chap asked her six, seven, eight times to get out of the vehicle. If you don't get out of the vehicle, I'm going to put your window through. No, I'm not getting out. No, I'm not getting out. Then the window went through. And as you said, when you got out of the car, you, you, know, you know, you could be driving away now if, you, if you'd got out. And, and as, as, uh, as the others have said, I think to pull the race card in this day and age is, is wrong. One of the coppers from the recording, again, we've only got one side of the, 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 the story. One of the coppers sounded very pleasant and very calming. One of the officers did sound a little bit excited and a bit threatening and a bit menacing. Does that make any difference? Um, as I said, you don't know what's happened on the first half of the phone call. You don't know what's been said. Um, it, it probably would make a difference if the one who was calmer had gone in and, and taken over. Mm. They might well have got out of the car. But on the flip side, if the one that was calmer had gone over and taken over, it might have just escalated even further. They might they, they, they might just sat there and go, no, I'm definitely not getting out mm. of the car now because you're not giving, it, giving me any reason to. Paul, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. I have to stress uh, that we only have one side of the story. Um, Hearts Police have sent us a, a statement, but we, we don't know their side, so we shall wait for that with bated breath. Now, councils against the proposed high-speed rail line planned through Buckinghamshire will be arguing their case at the Supreme Court later today. Ten local authorities, including Chiltern District Council and Three Rivers District Council, say there are serious environmental grounds that mean the decision to proceed with the current HS2 project should be revoked and reconsidered by the government. Well, leader of Chiltern District Council, uh, Council Councillor Nick Rose, joins me now. Uh, morning, Nick. Explain what will happen today. Good morning. Um... <clears throat> this is the first of a two-day hearing in the Supreme Court. Uh, what happened was that uh, we brought a judicial review uh, against uh, HS2 and the DFT, and that was initially rejected, so we went to appeal, and then the appeal judgment was split. Uh, two of the judges decided in one direction, and one judge um, uh, decided the, op- the other way around that there was a case to answer. And the case is, is um, uh, centres around the sustainable um, elements of, of the, um, the scheme, <clears throat> because it is our contention that they have not considered the sustainable issues anything like as much as they should have done. What, what do you mean the sustainable issues? What are the problems you have with it? Well, one of the issues which is required under the um, the law as it stands at present is you must consider the alternatives. Uh, now, they haven't considered the alternatives, and to spend £50 billion in one glorious big uh, vanity trip is just delinquent. Um, they would do much better to spend the money in other ways uh, to achieve what they're trying to do. We, we certainly need greater connectivity. Uh, both up and down and across England. Uh, and it's the across England which has been forgotten. It's the suburban services that need money spending on them. Not, not a, a, you know, a, one, one glorious, shiny new train set going up and down the spine of England, because that's not actually going to help that many people. It will suck people into London. Um, it's already having a devastating effect on... Um, a number of places in Birmingham where there were projects going ahead which would have employed many thousands of people and they've been completely screwed up by this. Speaking of money, Nick, how how much public money has gone into your fight? Well, uh, something of the order of of about, um, you know, 150,000, 200,000 overall 
but I mean, not all of that's gone on court fees. A lot of it has gone on research and uh, other things that we've had to uh, to do to to, to you know to um, take our position on this. It's a lot of money, isn't it, to potentially throw away because HS2 is going to happen, isn't it? No, I don't believe it is. I think the whole thing is now so sufficiently toxic. No government is actually going to be sensible enough, stupid enough, rather, to to, to run with it. Uh, it's quite clear that the Labour Party is already positioning themselves uh, to dump it if they wish to, because they are, might be anxious to create a policy difference between the Conservatives and, and, and Labour. Um, <clears throat> it's having a devastating effect on the electoral chances of the Conservatives, certainly in, in this area here, where it's just given enormous help to UKIP. Um, now, when the government actually comes to think of the next election... Um, they are going to think, well, is this really a good idea? Because we are probably going to lose seats. Some other local councils have pulled out, haven't they, of the, 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 the fight? Why haven't you? Well, they haven't exactly pulled out. What they're doing is they've switched their um, focus on to mitigation. I think you're thinking of Bucks County Council, probably. Um, they are doing a tremendous amount of work uh, on the mitigation issues. In other words, if it were to happen, how can we minimise the environmental damage? Um, and indeed, we are party to that as well. Um, but the issue really is that it had such a devastating effect on Chiltern and its residents. But uh, taking Bucks as a whole, uh, there are large areas of Bucks where it doesn't have any effect. So I think they took the view that they ought to concentrate on mitigation. Nick, we have to end it there. We're out of time. But thank you very much uh, for coming on this morning. That's the leader of Chiltern District Council, Councillor Nick Rose. It's 7.45... BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel now with Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Just had a call from April. She's on the A6 and near to Wilstead there's been an accident. She says it's just before the two roundabouts, so I suspect this is just to the south of the A421. It's an accident with two cars involved. One's in the verge, the other is still on the road. Police are on the scene now and they're directing traffic and only laying it through in small bits to get past the scene of that accident. So I think they're allowing traffic to take it in turns to get past. If you can update us on that or anything else, of course, our number is 08459 455555. Heading toward London, the M40 London bound has one lane closed off on the exit slip to the anti-clockwise M25. That's causing big queues. It's very slow from Beaconsfield down toward the M25 as a result of that. On the M25 itself you've got stop-start traffic through the roadworks section anti-clockwise Waltham Abbey to Potter's Bar from the M1 to Kings Langley and from Chorleywood down to the M40. Delays on the A1M. This is slow as you go past Stevenage toward Welling and Welling Garden City and it's also starting to slow up now on the A5 as you approach the M1 at Redbourne. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. So is today your last day, Adam? No, no, it's, it's Sunday in Sunday. We're not on on Sunday, so... No, but um, Helen Lee is in the mornings and... Uh, right, but I... No, I... West uh, is in the afternoon. OK, but I'm not on, so... You're not on. This is Friday. your last one with me, is it today? Friday. OK, well, it's been nice working with you. Friday, in. Thank you very much. Best of luck, whatever you choose to do. Cheers, Friday. there we go. I'm going to miss Alan Glynn. Right, 7.47. It's Tuesday the 15th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Detectives investigating the disappearance of Madeleine McCann six years ago say they've received almost 500 phone calls and emails since EFIT images of a possible suspect were shown last night on Crime Watch. It's now thought it may have been a planned abduction. Three women who were pulled over by Hertfordshire Police have made a formal complaint about the way they were treated. 
Coming up, we'll be hearing more of your thoughts on the way Hertfordshire police handled the three women when they refused to get out of their car. It's interesting. The texts and phone calls seem to be for the police. The Facebook comments seem to be for the women in the car. We'll go through some of those in a bit. But right now, let's get the weather with Kate Kinsella. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, it's rather a grey start to the day. One or two areas of mist and fog around as well, but that will lift, but it will stay predominantly cloudy. There'll be some brighter spells, though, where the cloud thins and maybe even breaks later on this afternoon. But it's a much quieter day, a drier picture, a brighter picture, and the temperature's not too bad either. We're looking at a maximum of around 14 Celsius. Overnight tonight, there's some clear spells developing. This means mist and fog patches likely to develop for a time, and also quite a chilly night as well the minimum down to around five celsius but the more rural locations could actually get a degree or two lower than that so there is a very slim chance in the sheltered spots there may be a touch of grass frost so for wednesday morning quite a misty start for most of us a dry start really first thing but it's not going to stay dry i'm afraid some very wet and windy weather on the way tomorrow for the middle part of the day a band of heavy and persistent rain blows through on a strengthening southerly breeze but the air is coming from the atlantic which is slightly milder so we're looking at a maximum of 15 celsius that's 59 degrees in fahrenheit and that's your forecast thank you kate Every consumer problem has an unhappy customer. They've actually deleted the main account instead of attaching my one to it. We ordered it and when we got home we checked the measurement and it just will not fit. A company. We've asked the council, now they come up with a new excuse, it's not them, it's down to the highways. And he said, well I'm sorry, that's your policy. Oh well maybe next time you'll learn not to open the box. And me getting to the bottom of it all. And they confirmed that they would return my excess and that my no claims bonus would not be affected. The JVS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. Weekdays from 9, BBC Three Counties Radio. So, three women in a car with a four-month-old baby. They happen to be black. We don't know if that's pertinent or not at the moment, but we're we're putting it out there because some people are suggesting it might be. Uh, One o'clock in the morning, the police pull them over, ask if they're lost... They take the person driving the car out of the car into there, into the police vehicle. It turns out she isn't insured. She didn't know. She claims she didn't know. Still illegal, though. Doesn't um, the, the, the lack of knowledge doesn't make it any less an offence. She gets back in the car. The police then, according to the recording we've heard, which comes from the women involved, uh, start uh, asking the woman who owns the car, not the driver, the woman who owns the car, to step out of the car. She refuses to. The police start tapping the windows of the baton. Um, so if they don't get out, they're going to smash the back window. They smash it. It's all a little bit exciting. Should the women have got out of the police car, uh, got out of their own car? Philip's in Aylesbury. Should the women have got out, Philip? Yes, Ian. Why? You do, you do as you're told by the police. You abide by the law. If they ask you to get out of the car, whether there's a baby in the car or whatever, the world's upside down at the moment. They could have been carrying anything in the car. And as you know, with drugs and things like that, people and the police have to search the car and see who the occupants are. My main problem with this is you do know whether you're insured or not when you're driving. If you don't, then there's something seriously wrong. If that lady was driving down the road and she's worried about her kid and she would have hit another car head-on with children in the other car and she's not insured, what would happen then? But the woman who owns the car, who wasn't the uninsured person, 
Um, she does seem to say in the recording, look, if you just back off a bit, I'll get out. I'm not going to get out while those two are there with their batons out. You can understand that, can't you? She's intimidated by two police officers. She's a black woman. I'm assuming again, Philip, that you're white. We don't know, you know, what the situation is between police officers and black people. We hear these stories. We hear this fear, which I'm a white middle class bloke. I've never felt particularly threatened by the police. Well, I was like your other dry, uh, your other caller. I, I'm, you know, friends of mine are black, white, green, everything. I've green. never come across that, so I can't comment. But well, I hope to God that the police, you know, are not like that. I mean, I've heard, I, I've heard stories. I haven't got any green friends. I'm not friends with the Hulk, for goodness' sake. Not after what he did in my <laughs> house last time. But I've uh, heard stories from friends, uh, black friends, who have been uh, stopped more than I have. Andrew on Facebook says, my girlfriend is black. She gets stopped more frequently than my white friends, female and male. And on more than one occasion, the police have been hostile to her from the get-go. So it, it, it does happen. It does happen. And, it, and it's not right, Ian. It, it, it's not right. But um, my main issue there is with the... The police pulled them over. They found that she wasn't insured to drive the car. And if you're told to get out the car, then you get out. Philip, thank you very much indeed. 08459 555 And I, I, am I making too much of this? I think it is different for white middle-class blokes. I mean, I remember years and years ago, I was driving, when I was about 18, I was driving a very expensive car, right? D- don't ask why. It was Jimmy Nails. Don't ask why. I got stopped by the police. Because I was a young lad driving a really, really expensive car. Fair enough. But now I'm a 40-year-old bloke, 40-year-old white middle-class bloke. I don't get pulled over. I can't remember the last, last time I got pulled over. It was years and years ago. And we do hear stories. I've heard stories from black friends who get pulled over more often. And I've been, uh, the, the, a few times I've been pulled over, I've been treated very kindly by the police. Sorry to bother you, sir. Would you mind stepping out? I've also had an idiot copper who thought he was the bee's knees because he was wearing a uniform. There are different ones, aren't there? I don't know. I don't know about this. 08459 455 555. Uh, Anne-Marie says, disgusting. That's all I have to say. And Gary says, the woman was right to stay in her car. They could talk to, who, talk to her through a part open window. Just cops giving it the big, strong arm of the law. And I have to keep stressing, we've only got the, uh, the women's side of the story. We don't have um, the police side of the story. Um, some texts... Uh, the ladies who were stopped were the, the ladies who were stopped was trying to use the race card. They were trying to call the shots by refusing to cooperate with the police. It could have been handled a bit better. Martin and Limbury, I completely back the police. The police can stop you for any reason. They asked her to get out of the car. She refused. The police said they would smash the window. She still refused to get out. So they smashed the window. Why were they surprised and upset? Richard. Well done, Hearts Police, dealing with really awkward people. What did they expect? People not getting out of the car could be hiding weapons. And Carolyn Stevenage, I'm sorry, I don't agree with them staying in the car. If the police ask you to get out of the car, you should do just that. No argument, otherwise you're asking for trouble. She's sounding completely hysterical and out of control to me. Well, isn't that the point? That she was hysterical and out of control. Hysterical maybe a bit exaggerated. She was ex- excited. Couldn't they have employed better techniques... To remove her from the vehicle. To say they feel threatened, Carol continues, seems ridiculous. Our police force don't don't routinely beat up women as far as I'm aware. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. And isn't it interesting that the uh, uh, I, I don't know what you draw for, what conclusion you draw from this, but the phone calls and the texts uh, are supporting the police. 
and uh, the Facebook comments seem to be in support of uh, the women. Um, Errol says, oh, Errol, I'm black. Never been stopped. Why is a baby out at one o'clock anyway? They were driving home, Errol. You, you can't judge them for having a baby in the car at one o'clock. It's a ridiculous. You can't judge them on their parenting for that. Um, it's very. I, I don't get this. Diana says it's very easy to get a police uniform. Not comfortable as a, as a white woman. Don't know what that means. Uh, 08459-455-555 is the telephone number if you want to give me a call. We're getting a caller up whose name I don't know. You just, just type it quick. Let's just ask them. Hello, line one. Who's this? Oh, no, they're not there. They're not there yet. Well, uh, we're sorting it out. It's Charles. Good morning, Charles. Good morning. Good morning, Charles. What do you think? Should they have got out of the car? It depends on the situation. If the police are being very hostile, I would not be surprised if they refused. Not saying that they shouldn't have got out of the car, but it seems that a lot of your viewers, who seem to be white people, are not aware of how racist the police tend to be and aggressive in their mannerism. Charles, are you black? I'm a black man, yeah. Okay, what, what, what's ex- have you had personal examples of the police being racist towards you or being overly aggressive because of your colour? Yes, definitely. What, what's and happened? It happens quite a lot. What's happened? When I've been in a situation, I work in security, and the police, we assist the police. And there's been situations where police see a whole group of black people and they just get hostile and aggressive and it's just a group of friends. Last situation I had, I was actually trying to assist the police and I got arrested for it. You know? And it's, it's sad that the situation is this way. I know people in the police force who will admit that the police force is racist because why do you think they have a black police association? Do you get what I'm saying? Well, why, why, so why, does having people, a black, why does having a black police association make them racist? Because why would there be a black police association if they didn't have to safeguard themselves against the system itself? And a lot of the black officers I speak to do express the fact that police can... That there's systematic racism going on in the force. Even now, in 2013, you're saying that still happens? Of course it still happens. And, and how does that make I you have, feel, Charles? It angers me because how will I trust the police to protect my family? My last incident with the police where I got abused and victimised made me question how I can trust the police. Charles, we have to end it there. I appreciate your call. Thank you very much indeed. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Just had a call from John, the M1 northbound from Junction 12 toward 13. There's been an accident in the outside lane. It's all starting to back up as you approach that one. It is looking very, very slow on the speed sensors. We're hearing there could be as many as six cars in that outside lane at the minute. We had a call from Charlotte in the last sort of five minutes or so as well. So thank you, John, and thank you, Charlotte. We've also got these problems on the A6 near to Wilstead. April called us just before the two roundabouts, so I suspect this is after the A421 junction. There's been an accident. One car's in the Virgin. 
another still on the road though possibly being moved out of the way now by the police and police are letting tra traffic take it in turns to get past m40 london bound as you make your way down to the m25 it's a lane closed on the exit slip road this is because of an accident at junction 1a the congestion is now pretty solid back to high wickham at junction 4 so very very slow going a404 in chalfont looking like there's a bridge been hit by a vehicle between amersham way and loudham's road adam glynn bbc three counties radio thank you so much adam it's been a pleasure working with you good luck in whatever you choose to do from now on Right, coming up, we'll have more and hear more of that recording of the women in the car as the police smash their window. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Barry Caffrey. The headlines, women pulled over by Hearts Police make complaint over how they were treated. Positive response to appeal for information on Madeleine McCann. And councils go to Supreme Court over high speed two. BBC Three Counties Radio. Three women who were pulled over by Hertfordshire Police have made a formal complaint about the way they were treated. The family claim they have no idea why they were stopped and when one of them refused to get out of the car, police smashed a side window and arrested her. Sonia Muneri was a passenger in a car. She told Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio this morning that the way the officers asked them to leave was in an aggressive manner. The way they were asking was in an aggressive manner and by then they had their batons out. And they were on either side of the car tapping the windows with their buttons. So if somebody is telling you to get out of a car and they have a button, whether it's a police officer or not, and you feel like you're in danger. Well, Hertfordshire Police say they've received a complaint which is now being dealt with by their Professional Standards Department. Detectives investigating the disappearance of Madeleine McCann say they had an overwhelming response from the public to last night's reconstruction on the BBC's Crime Watch programme. Officers have released two e-fits of a man who was seen carrying a child matching Madeleine's description on the night she vanished from Praia de Luz. Detective Chief Inspector Andy Redwood is leading the investigation for the Metropolitan Police. He told Crime Watch that nearly 500 people had got in touch. We've had a number of calls from people who were actually in the resort at the time, which right. just really confirms to me the value of what we're doing this evening. There are still members of our community out there who have got key bits of information that could help us to unlock this case. Councils against the proposed high-speed rail line through Buckinghamshire are at the Supreme Court later. Ten local authorities, including Chiltern District Council and Three Rivers District Council, say there are serious environmental grounds with the project. They want the decision to proceed with HS2 revoked by the government. Councillor Nick Rose is the leader of Chiltern District Council. He says the money should be better spent. They would do much better to spend the money in other ways uh, to achieve what they're trying to do. We, we certainly need greater connectivity, uh, both up and down and across England. Uh, and it's the across England which has been forgotten. A man who was arrested at Buckingham Palace yesterday is due in court later, charged with trespass and possessing a knife. David Belmar, who's 44, was stopped as he allegedly tried to enter one of the palace gates. Thousands of free car parking vouchers are being offered in Hemel Hempstead Old Town, while roadworks to implement a one-way system there continue. Shopkeepers have welcomed the move by Decorum Borough Council, but some still say the delayed works could put them out of business if the disruption lasts much longer. A decision will be made by Friday about how the contractors continue with the project. Andrew Williams is the leader of the Borough Council. 
Well, the idea is to issue vouchers to residents of the area to enable them to park in the High Street car park for two or three hours between now and the end of March 2014 for free to encourage them to both come to the High Street to see what's on offer and to take a stroll through. Now, the weather for beds, hearts and books. Lots of cloud around this morning. The cloud will be thick enough to produce some light rain. Highs of 13 degrees Celsius, 55 Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you very much, Barry. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Suddenly it's three minutes past eight. Where did the last two hours go? Thank you to everyone who's taken part so far. Still plenty of time and room for your phone calls. I'll give out the details in a bit. Here are some of the things we're talking about. An investigation has been launched into claims officers who pulled over three women in Hertfordshire were overly heavy-handed. Got some incredible audio that we'll play in a second. A lifeline for traders in Hemel as the council offers thousands of car parking vouchers to shoppers. But will it be enough to save the old town's high street? And I'm shocked to find that some of you have not only started your Christmas shopping... A few of you have even finished your Christmas shopping by October the 15th. That's not efficient, that's bonkers. Well, Justin Dealey is out and about asking today whether you have completed your Christmas shopping. We'll hear from him in a bit. If you want to have your say, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send me a text 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you can give me a call 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Getting loads of calls about this. Ebony, we'll speak to you in a second. Let me just set up the story. An investigation has been launched into three women's complaints about what they consider to be extreme heavy-handedness by Hertfordshire Police. The women and a young baby were travelling along the A10 in Chesson in the early hours of last Thursday morning when they were pulled over and following an exchange with three officers had their window smashed. We'll play the audio in a second. Um, and um, we'll speak to a barrister who specialises in motoring offences as well to find out exactly what someone's rights are. But before that, Ebony is in Luton. Good morning, Ebony. Morning. morning. Ebony, what, what do you ta- what's your take on the situation? Should the women have got out of the car? Well, as you say, we haven't heard both sides of the story, and I think my concern is that listening to the sections that we have heard of the recording, I would say that the women did feel quite rightly quite threatened. I'm intrigued by the fact that some of your callers, I mean, I'm a black woman, so I'm put that on the card and I'm not I'm not actually going to play a race card saying that they were doing it because they were black. I have no idea what the situation was. But I'm intrigued in terms of some of your callers who seem to really be missing the point that the issue wasn't about the issue didn't start with the one who is uninsured. Of course it's illegal to drive if you're uninsured. That's that wasn't the where the problem started. The problem started when the police went to the woman who actually is the owner of the car who was sitting in the driver's drive the passenger side of the car and then they seem to proceed to be bashing knocking her window now as as far as i'm concerned if i've got two police officers there um and i've got my and i've got a child in the car there's three of us as women i don't quite understand the aggressive nature that they actually had to take and then they go and call a van load of other police officers from what seems to from what we seem to have heard 
to my mind, that did really seem to be over the top. The police are meant to have some kind of skills in being able to calm a situation down. I didn't hear any of their attempt to do that, and they seem to actually aggravate the situation even more. So from my point of view, I really don't think that it was handled particularly well. But as you say, we've not heard both sides mm. of the story, but I do know, and and I and I can, you know, vouch for some for some of us in, in terms of, yes, we, we are stopped on, on, on a reasonably regular basis. Now, that doesn't mean that you're rude or that you act in any aggressive way towards the police, but it does mean that the police themselves have got to start handling the situation in, in a much more um, diplomatic way. And I don't get, I didn't get any sense that they were doing it. They seem to, from my point of view, just be riding a situation even more and well, increasing the problem. We've got to play the audio in a second. I, one of the police officers does seem very excited. One of them, in my opinion, seems to make a good stab at trying to calm things down but failing. Everybody, have you been stopped by the police for no reason? I, I've not been stopped by the police. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll say that up front. I've been okay in terms of in terms of not having any dealings with them. But if a police um, officer but asks I, but you, I do know that. if a police officer asks you to get out of the car, though, surely you just do it, don't you? Well, I think the point is, how would that? How would they approach? If I'm going to have batons put out, and you're going to be knocking on my window with with batons, and there's it's one o'clock in the morning, and there's two of you, and there's three of us as women, um, I, I think I would think differently about that. If if you were if you were if the police were to approach me and say, "Could you please step out of the car? We want to actually discuss A, B, and C," that is a very different stance. You already come with batons drawn, and you expect me to get out of the car. I, I think people who were making a point about you know police aren't police aren't aggressive they, they know that they wouldn't cause any problems are living in a fantasy world They're, you know we are people are people are individuals and the way that you respond in active situations are very different and just because they've got a uniform on doesn't mean that they're going to be absolutely wonderful in their behavior so i think that is very much short-sighted and a very simplistic attitude that people are taking in terms of that would never happen there's lots of things we say would never happen with the police and we see it happening ebony we have to end it there thank you very much indeed Ebony and Luton. Well, in a second, we're going to uh, speak to uh, a barrister who specialises in motoring offences. But let me just play you a bit of this audio again. This is a woman and uh, uh, three women, a young baby, who were travelling along the A10 in Chesson in the early hours of last Thursday morning. They were pulled over, and uh, w- what you hear is the exchange between them and the police officers. Anything. I want an explanation as to why I've been stopped. So it's because I'm driving a car and I'm black. Cats. You've told me that cars get stolen. If I'd been white, you'd never have stopped me. And that's a fact, whether you want to accept it or not. How do we know you're black? You saw me. I actually saw you getting to that roundabout. I see you. I saw you getting to that roundabout. And you did see me. Open the door right now. No, I am not going to. I'm feeling threatened by you. I want to talk to somebody else who's reasonable. Go away. I don't want to talk to these two. Talk to me. Can they go away, please? No, they're not going anywhere. No, they must stand far away. I do not wish to speak to this. What is she bringing that baton out for? Because you're refusing to admit Listen, I would like to speak to somebody else. These two have been very... I'm not happy with these two. And I'm not... I'm a lawful citizen. I've not broken any laws. I am driving here. I told her my name already. And I've spelt it. I'm going to smash your window very quickly, and it's at your expense. Do you understand? Why would you smash my window for? Because you won't open the door. Why do you need to be violent? There's no need to be violent. There's no need to be violent. There's no need to be violent. And like I'm saying to you, I feel very threatened. You're a woman with a child. Why I'm a woman with a child, a and you're threatening me. Oh, my God! Get out of the car now. Get out of the car now. Oh, that way. Get out the car as well. 
Jump out the front and stay on the pavement. I didn't say you did. Your friends are an idiot, you know that, don't you? You could have been driving away right now. Well, that was an edited version of events. We have asked to speak to Hearts Police, who tell us as an investigation has been launched, they are unable to comment at this time. And of course, that recording was not made by the BBC, but it was made by the uh, women in the car. Joined now by Ellis Serene, who's a barrister who specialises in motoring offensive. Good morning, Ellis. Good morning, Ian. When you're pulled over by the police and they ask you to get out of the car, do you legally have to get out? (laughs) Well, that depends. The starting point is that if you're driving, the police do have a power to stop your car. They don't have to suspect you of any offence to do so. And once they've stopped your car, um, then they have a right to ask you your name and address, and you have to give that to them. And if you don't, uh, you commit an offence. And, of course, once you've committed an offence, then the police have power to arrest you. And uh, once they have power to arrest you, they can use reasonable force to do so if it's necessary in the circumstances. So that's where we are, really. But if, if, if I'm in my car and I've given my name and address, and mm-hmm. then they ask me to get out, am I committing a, an offence if I refuse to get out? It depends what they're trying to do. Right. Um, If the police officer is lawfully trying to arrest you or has put you under arrest, then unless you, in essence, comply with what that officer wants you to do, then you are potentially obstructing a police officer in the execution of his duty. If the police officer has no power in law to require you to do what he's asking you to do, then you can refuse. Of course, it's a bit difficult if you're on the ground because um, even I don't carry all the relevant bits of law mm. around with me. And if I was stopped, um, I'd have some difficulty thinking about exactly whether the police officer is in their, within their powers or not. From, listen, you've, you've heard a tiny bit of audio that, that we, we, we've heard, uh, uh, that we've been playing all morning. From that audio, from, and bearing in mind, of course, it starts off halfway through the things so we don't know what's gone on before. But, but mm. what, what, what do you think? Were, were the police overly aggressive? Was the woman overly excited? Should she have just got out? Well, you probably know, Ian, barristers aren't really allowed to comment on things that might end up in a court case. What I'll say is this. The police are only allowed to use such force as is reasonably necessary. And when something like this happens, if there's going to be a complaints procedure, if this is going to end up in front of a court at some time, at some point, that's what everyone's going to be thinking about. Mm. Was this necessary? And of course, if you're thinking about whether something's necessary, then you start looking at whether there were some other viable options to achieve the necessary result without using the force. And I'd say that would be a pretty central consideration in a case like this. Ellis, I appreciate your time and your wisdom this morning. Ellis Serene, a barrister who specialises in motoring offences, uh, in a statement the police say, Hertfordshire uh, Constabulary's Professional Standards Department, it's a mouthful, is currently investigating a complaint from members of the public following an incident on the A10 in Chessent at 4.30am on Thursday, October the 10th. As this incident is currently being investigated, it will be inappropriate for us to comment any further at this time. 
Hearts Police have, uh, this isn't their statement, this is me now, Hearts Police have 10 days to respond to this complaint. And again, it's worth stressing, as a result of that, we have only one side of this story. Uh, A couple of Facebook comments. Uh, Another one saying, why were they driving a four-month-old baby around at one o'clock in the morning? Sometimes you have to drive children to places. That happens. I've done that. You can't judge their parenting skills for that. Michael says, so we've heard a one-sided version of events and the radio station wants us to form our opinion. Bad journalism, yet again from 3CR, and Ian has a go at the Daily Express for their standard of journalism most days. Well, uh, yes, you, you kind of have a point there, but the question we're asking is, do you get out of the police car when you're told? Maybe I should be asking that. I, I have been asking, should those women have got out? Well, let's, let's expand it slightly then, uh, Michael, to accommodate you. When you're stopped by the police, do you get out of your car? Um... Uh, and Andrew says, why did the police commit criminal damage? Still, they can do whatever they like. Cover up on Hillsborough. Someone driving dead badges around in Somerset with no licence. And uh, was the police unmasked? I mean, Andrew seems to lose the point a little bit towards the end. I'm not quite sure, but thank you very much for your comments. It's 8.16. I'm excited to find out who our new travel person, guy or girl, is going to be. Let's see. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Would you believe it? They haven't found anyone else yet, so they've actually had to lock me in and uh, pull me back to do it again. I can't go yet, unfortunately. M40, London bound. It's still queuing this morning. You've got delays as you make your way from High Wycombe down toward London Junction. Four to the M25 looking very busy because there's been an accident on the exit slip to the anti-clockwise M25. It was a car that struck the barrier. All traffic's only sneaking past that in lane one, so a very slow-going prospect. Slow on the A404 as a result of that. Busy through High Wycombe. There are delays on the A355 as you make your way from Amersham down to Beaconsfield and on the A413 going down through the Chalfonts as well. M25 is very heavy anti-clockwise through the roadworks section and pretty busy from the M1 round to the M40. Problems in Chalfont, the A404 on the station road. Bridge has been struck by a vehicle. This is between Amersham Way and Loudhams Road. Looking at the M1 and northbound, there have been reports of an accident, multi-vehicle between Flittick and Bedford, junctions 12 and 13. Possibly as many as six cars involved in this, blocking the outside lane, and there are delays as a result. We've had a few calls come in on that one. Also problems on the A6 in Wilstead. We had an accident through there earlier this morning. Still looking a little bit busy on the speed sensors as you drive through Wilstead. It is park blocked. Police still dealing with things. Queues both ways near the junction with Bedford Road. If you can update us, give us a call. 08459 Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio We've got a girl doing the travel That's great news, fantastic What a great replacement for Adam there 8.17, it's Tuesday the 15th of October. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. An investigation has been launched into three women's complaint about what they consider to be extreme heavy-handedness by Hertfordshire Police. Scotland Yard detectives investigating the disappearance of Madeleine McCann say there was an overwhelming response to their appeal for help in last night's BBC Crime Watch broadcast. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks, lots of cloud around this morning. The cloud will be thick enough to produce some light rain. Maximum temperature of 30 degrees. Coming up, free car parking is being offered in Hemel Hempstead Old Town. It's to try and encourage shoppers while roadworks are taking place to create a one-way system. And also, we've been sending Justin Dealey out to find out if you've started or indeed finished your Christmas shopping. There are some perverts out there that have done it already. BBC Three Counties Radio. (laughs) 
Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... 30 years ago, Doug Moody set up the Green Bank Music School in Luton with a philosophy that music should be fun. It was getting other people involved and just doing everything. I'm just a person that just loves to do things. Nick Coffer. EOS have decided that for their September show, they'll be performing their version of the Tony Award-winning musical Rent. 525,600 minutes. Quirkology follows the clumsy, endearing life of Rupert Quirk. A lot of people have actually said... You know, he's just uh, an exaggerated version of yourself. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith is here. Can I just say... What? You've got one extra button unbuttoned. Ah, uh, well, I'll tell you why. This, oh. this shirt is a little bit uh, difficult because it's either... If you have that one done, it's too oh. high. <laughs> do you see what I mean? It is. They do that with shirts, it's, don't they? It's, uh, yes, it's They difficult. don't get the button. So we, we're seeing a lot... Of, well, you're doing what I like to call a Justin Dealey. Justin <laughs> Although I can't, see a, I can't see a nipple, so it's not, it's not a full Justin. It's only a half Justin. <laughs> he, he does wear some ridiculous... Um, I don't think he can hear me, can he? No. He wears some ridiculous things, doesn't he? he do- I've got a picture of Justin, actually, wearing not- what can only be described as a lady's blouse. Is it the white thing with the kind of... No, it's that... Uh, it's the blue one oh. with the uh, with the neck have you not seen the neck i've not seen that one no last time he was uh, doing your show i said justin i'm so sorry i'm gonna have to just take a picture of you because uh, no one would ever believe me that well, a man would wear that top the thing is when you when you question justin on his clothes he says yeah all right eat, leave it out big fella i get a lot of good feedback on this he gets feedback on his clothes look this <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and look what he's doing he's pushing his arm under there so it looks like he's got biceps <laughs> did he did he give you approval on this photo because he has to approve every photo that's taken of him this is this is true i seem to remember i tweeted that before i'll tweet it again today <laughs> for everyone who's listening this morning and i'll retweet it of course excellent stuff gorgeous uh, christmas it? shopping have you done any don't be ridiculous. We're hearing from people who finished their christmas shopping by the 15th of october well some people don't have very much to do in their lives if you well no it's true i mean if you if you've not got a lot to do yep. then you can do your christmas shopping in yep. september october you've got nothing else to do but then what do you do october november exactly exactly start preparing for the birthdays in 2014 <laughs> what have you got coming up on your show this morning well very interested in this uh Hertfordshire yes. police story you've been discussing from nine this morning i want us to take this on i'm going to be asking does it sound as though sonia's family were treated badly by the police fascinated by the conversation you've been having about Hertfordshire police as we've been hearing three women have made a formal complaint after having their car stopped and the windows smashed by hertfordshire police and the recording the women made well it certainly sounds pretty shocking doesn't it particularly when they smash the yep. window um as i understand it they were traveling along the a10 in chessant in the early hours of the morning was it two o'clock they said one o'clock something? i think it started yes and there was a four-month-old baby in the car. The car was doing 30 in a 50 zone, and for whatever reason, Hertfordshire police decided they were going to pull them over. Now, I'm very interested to hear in that recording that an accusation was made very clear and very early on that they were pulled over because they were black. Well, can that be the case? I mean, it would have been dark at the time. If the police see a car travelling very slowly early in the morning, are they right to suspect that something might be wrong? Then, once they're pulled over, were the family wrong to refuse to get out of the car? 
I want you to comment this morning from what you've heard, and I understand we are only commenting on that snapshot of what happened at the time, but does it sound to you from that snapshot as though Sonia's family were treated badly by Hearts Police? 08459 455 555 this morning from 9, it's the big phone-in. I was driving my boys around yesterday because they were getting on my nerves and I was trying to get them to fall asleep, and one of the tricks I do is I, I whack them in the back with a nice warm drink and uh, no, not whack them in the back, whack them in the back of the car. Don't whack them around the back. Terrible. My mother used to do that with my brother. Yeah. She should drive them off. Yeah. Dri- and we're driving off. And I was thinking 10 minutes, they're going to be fast asleep. They're both very tired, very annoying yesterday. 45 minutes later, we're still driving around. But I ended up going down some roads, some country roads that were 50 miles an hour. I didn't know the roads. It was very dark. I was driving at 30. Mm-hmm. And if the police had pulled you over and thought, what's this man doing yes. with two children in the back of the car, driving 30 miles an hour? It's, 50, not, it's not a crime. No, but if 50, they, 50 is the limit. It's not a target. If they pulled you over and they said, excuse me, sir, can you get out the car? We want to, we want to, uh, to have a chat with you. And you said, I'm not getting out of the car. I feel threatened. Would it be acceptable for you to refuse to do what the do police you know what? say? You've raised an interesting point. If I had the two boys in the back of the car, I don't think I would get out of the car. What, for the police? I don't think I wouldn't want to leave my two boys in the car on their own, even for a second. No, I don't think I would. I don't know. I'd have to give that some thought. My initial reaction is I would be very hesitant. I've been pulled over by the police four times. Yeah. Uh, I was once pulled over when I first started driving. I was driving through Harpenden High Street and I was driving in a, uh, well, it, it was a and a bit of an old banger yes i was driving through all of a sudden the blue flashing lights behind Isn't me it terrifying the first time that happens so i pulled over i thought oh my god what's happening the police guy goes get out of that car get out that car so i i leapt out the car i thought good grief what have i done i got out i said what have i done i put my hands up <laughs> put, my, put my hands up i thought i said what have i done he said oh i'm sorry uh, i thought you were someone else it's okay carry on <laughs> he thought you were stamper from that James Bond film. he thought i was apparently a young driver who, shouldn't, who did not have permission to drive a car. So he pulled me out like that. Did I complain? Did I make... No, I didn't. No. Because I thought, well, you know, I may well have been that young man yep. who shouldn't have been driving the car. The police made a simple mistake. They were trying to do their job to keep us all safe. Was I going to make a complaint? No, I didn't. And if they tasered you at the same time, would you have complained then? Or I didn't a, need tasering. Well, I was well very, done, officer. Thank you. I was very cooperative. Yeah. But if I had sta- sat in my car and refused to get out, and they said, get out the car, mm. then would the police have been within their rights to smash the window and drag me out the car? Mmm. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's an interesting point. If I'd have been stopped last night, very dark, dark country lane, doing 30 and a 50 as I was, with my two boys in the car, get out of the car, sir. I, I would have been reluctant with the boys in the car. I think. I think. That's my initial reaction. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Stuart's uh, in Bedford. Good morning, Stuart. Hello, Ian. Should these women have got out of the car? Yes. Tell me why. Well, listening to the the clip you played there, the, the woman who was being spoken to in the car, she was the one that brought up the uh, "we're you've stopped us because we're black." Yes. Well, the police uh, wouldn't uh, necessarily bring that up, would they? No. Well, the police. You know, she is saying that. So yes. she's she's using that. Right. To start with, she was then asked to get. What out do you mean she's using that? Well, because that's what a lot of the uh, coloured people do. You stop me because I'm black. You but know, but a lot of black is, a lot of know, black people do think that they are stopped because well, they're yeah, black. We know that more possibly, black people are stopped than white people. In yeah, percentage I don't, terms, I don't I don't dispute that. In but this is the first thing she says. So you know, let, let's leave that part of it alone. 
but she is using that as okay. well, it's, just, mean, just to clarify as an excuse. Just to clarify for legal reasons, it's not the first thing she says, but we, we only have half of the incident well, recorded. The piece you played yes, this morning, when right. she was Thank being you. asked to get out of the car. Yeah. Then when she was refusing to get out of the car, and she was not going to be spoken to by the policeman because she just didn't stop talking. Um, she was scared. Well, yeah, so she said she was, yeah. Well, the police, anyway, she, the police have got their backs on out. She'd locked the, locked the doors of the car and was refusing to get out, so the police were quite within their rights to break the window to get into the car to get them out. They'd refused to do as the police had asked them to do. He wanted to speak to her because she was the owner of the car, the insured person of yeah. that car. Yeah. And she was refusing to get out of the car. They'd locked themselves in. The police were quite within the rights to smash the window to get them out. Couldn't they have employed a different technique? Couldn't they there have got a one, woman to come and talk to them and try and coax them one, out? There was one policeman there that was trying to speak to her reasonably yeah. to get out of the car, and she still refused. OK, so you're on the side of the police in this one, Stuart. I, I, I don't side with the police because my son was stitched up by, by the police, and, uh, you know, I've got I've no love for the police, to tell you the honest truth, Ian. Really? In, in this case, I see what, what has happened. To my mind, I can see what's happened. They refused to do as they've been asked to do, so the police were quite within the rights to smash the windows of the car to get them out. Stuart, thank you very much indeed. I just want to squeeze in Dave in Luton before the news. Dave, what, what do you think about this? Well, I, it's so totally baffling to me, but I'll pass one in the morning. What yeah. are they doing with a little child oh, of, what, one or two? Yeah, four-month-old four baby. Was the baby strapped in a, in a car seat? Yes. Or was it sitting on that lady's lap? It would have been strapped in a car seat, and right. they're perfectly within their rights to drive a child around at one o'clock in the morning. I've done it, Dave. OK, fine, fair enough, but they've gone to a meeting, but I can't understand regarding the child. She couldn't have left it at home No, I drive, I don't know where they were going. Maybe they were visiting relatives or friends. I have been out with my children. We've visited friends a long way away. We've driven back at night. The kids have fallen asleep in the back of the car. It's fine. One o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, fine. OK, but that lady that was kind of talking on the, to the police, she's the owner and she's got the insurance. Why wouldn't she drive in the car and, no, somebody else well, driving her car? No, that, that we don't know, Dave. That we don't know. Well, that's a big question. It's a very big question. But the police were in their rights. If she's locked that door, she's, she's hiding something. And if, the police, if the police ask you to get out of the car, you think, Dave, that you should do it immediately? You've got to. It's, it's, a, it's a law. What, what if a presenter bans you from phoning in their show for a month? Should you obey that rule? Oh, here we go. Here we go. You're right. Band. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A10 has been closed. This is following an accident between the A602 at the Stevenage turn and the A120 at the Puckridge roundabout. The A10's completely shut following a collision there. Emergency services are still on the scene. That means a lot of people are probably going to be heading across to the A1M, which is already looking busy this morning, southbound from Letchworth to Wellin, junction 9 to 6. Into London, the A1 is also busy through Borehamwood, Stirling Corners and Mill Hill Circus. And further back up the A1, you've got the usual delays from St Neots to the Black Cat roundabout. The A6, very patchy this morning. We had an accident in Wilstead earlier. The accident it looks like it is now gone. The road should be clear at the Bedford Road junction, but there are still delays both ways.
delays through Wilstead as a result. Problems on the M40 London bound. There are queues. Lane closed on the exit slip to the anti-clockwise M25 following an accident there. It's causing congestion all the way back to High Wycombe and the Handycross roundabouts at Junction 4. That's having a knock-on effect on the A404. Very, very patchy with delays down at Bissom as well. Further down the A404 in Chalfont, the Chalfont Station Road. Bridge has been struck by a vehicle between Amersham Way and Loudhams Road, and that, in fact, is having a problem for Chilton. Rail services running across that bridge. Delays are uh, running with delays of up to 10 minutes, Amersham to Marleybone. That's uh, having uh, reduced speed put in operation for safety reasons. Taking a look at the A404, and it's generally slow because of that. And of course, we've got problems on the M1. We had reports of a multi vehicle accident. This is between Flittick and Bedford junctions 12 and 13 on the northbound side. Possibly as many as six cars involved in that accident. Very busy morning. If you can update us, 08459 455 555. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. I've got to say, you are so much better than that awful Adam Glynn we've had for the past few months. Fantastic. Looking forward to doing lots more travel work with you. 831. Here comes the news and sports. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. half past eight. I'm Barry Caffrey. The headlines, an investigation's been launched into three women's complaint about what they consider extreme heavy-handedness by Hertfordshire police. The family claim they've no idea why they were stopped and when one of them refused to get out of the car, police smashed a side window and arrested her. Hertfordshire police say they have received a complaint which is now being dealt with by their professional standards department. Detectives investigating the disappearance of Madeleine McCann say they've received almost 500 phone calls and emails in response to last night's Crime Watch broadcast. Officers say there are indications it was a planned abduction. Thousands of free car parking vouchers are being offered in Hemel Hempstead Old Town, while roadworks to implement a one-way system there continue. Shopkeepers have welcomed the move by Decorum Borough Council, but some still say the delayed works could put them out of business if the disruption lasts much longer. The weather forecast for beds, hearts and books. Lots of cloud around this morning. The cloud will be thick enough to produce some light rain. Maximum temperatures of 13 degrees Celsius today. That's 55 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Captain Stephen Gerrard's urged England's fans to recreate the atmosphere of Friday night's win over Montenegro as the team bids to reach the World Cup finals tonight. A Wembley win sends England to the World Cup. Anything else would in all likelihood mean a playoff. Former England striker Michael Owen doesn't expect Roy Hodgson to make too many changes from the 4-1 victory over Montenegro. We can't be cautious because we've got to win the game. So there'll be one enforced change, obviously at right back. So, you know, you'd maybe imagine someone like Phil Jones would come in there. But we looked so good the other day. People talk about maybe James Milner coming in for Welbeck, but I'd pretty much stick with the same thing. I thought, thought we looked really good. Looked like we were going to score every time we attacked and, and looked solid at the back. Kickoff at Wembley tonight is at eight o'clock. The Luton athlete Deji Tobias says he's pleased to have been awarded some lottery funding. The sprinter won't get full funding like Milton Keynes long jumper Greg Rutherford, who has been included in the World Class Performance Programme. Instead, Tobias is on the potential list and he says he's happy with what he'll receive. You're on a certain level of funding and that you get access to physiotherapy treatment and um, they also help you towards competition and training costs as well. I'm eternally grateful for it, so I'd like to tell everyone to keep buying lottery tickets. 
tennis and after a run of three wins in four tournaments, Laura Robson has parted company with her coach Miles McLacken. After just four months, the British number one reached the fourth round of Wimbledon and the third round of the US Open under McLacken. And that's BBC Three Counties News and Sport, our next bulletin at nine. Email 3CR at bbc.co.uk BBC Three Counties Radio Well, it seems to have grabbed your attention. Three women in a car, one o'clock in the morning, 30 miles per hour in a 50 mile an hour zone. There's a baby in there as well. Police pull them over. One of the women gets out, hasn't got insurance, gets back in the car. Another woman refuses to get out. Everyone gets a bit excited, a bit panicky. The police smash the window. When you're stopped in your car and the police ask you to get out, do you get out? Are there any circumstances when you wouldn't? Sharon's on the line. Morning, Sharon. Hello. Morning, Sharon. What's your take on this? Well, um, I've been stopped on various occasions by the police. Can you turn your radio off, Sharon? Um, up. Turn it off. Your radio off. My radio off? Yes, please. Totally off. Totally, totally off so you can't hear a thing. Otherwise, it gets a bit confusing. There. There we go. Perfect. Lovely. Go on. I can't. It comes through my radio. So, would they, in oh. that case, Sharon, those instructions may have been a little bit too complicated. I apologise. We'll move on. I asked you to turn it off. <laughs> um, anyway, but maybe we'll speak to Sharon a little bit later on. If you call in and you're in your car, always switch your radio off. It gets very confusing for you. There's a slight delay. There's feedback. There's a... What's the proper name for feedback? There's a proper name for it. It's invented by a Swedish guy. It's called the Lars... Is it the Larsen Effect? I think it's called the Larson Effect. That's a much better name than feedback, isn't it? Anyway, thousands of free car parking vouchers are being offered by Decorum Borough Council in Hemel Hempstead's old town, while roadworks to implement a one-way system there continue. Shopkeepers have welcomed the move, but still say the delayed works could put them out of business if they last much longer. A decision will be made by Friday on how the contractors continue with the project. Joined now by my reporter, Justin Dealey, to explain more. Justin, remind us of the options here. Well, three options on the table, Ian. Here's Sanjay Patel. He's from Hearts Highways, and he explains these three options. Uh, First option is we finish off the area that we've got already open uh, by finishing off with the new materials, Yorkstone granite paving, um, and coming back after the new year uh, to finish the rest of the high street off. Uh, The second option is to finish off Uh, the whole of the project um, by the end of November in the high street, increasing the resources, doubling the resources, um, using weekend working and uh, potentially night servicing works to finish off the job. The third option is the option of uh, just backfilling what we've already got open, not using the uh, new materials, and then coming back in in January, February um, to start up again uh, and finish off the job in the new year. Okay, so those are the options. Mm. You've also been speaking to uh, Terry Duris, haven't you? He's the Cabinet Member for Highways at Hearts County Council. Uh, Friend of the show, what's he had to say? Not a lot. Um, Hearts County Council are in charge of the project. Uh, They've put up the CCTV cameras to keep an eye on the workforce. The work, of course, is late finished. Uh, the traders are telling us that they're losing their passing trade. Some of them could unfortunately go out of business because of this. So I put the question to Terry whether he and the council have let these traders down, and here's how he responded. I think that sort of question and the, uh, any answer to that is going to be subjective. Just a yes or a no. As a politician, you always have to counter every answer that you give. But it's a yes or no answer. But it is, though, isn't it? Maybe. Maybe not. Just a yes or a no. Terry, I'm sorry, I need to get an answer. It's just a yes or a no. Have you let the traders down here? 
Going forward, I think the traders will be the beneficiaries mm. of what we are mm. doing in the old high street. Mm. Going forward, everyone says that. Everyone says, yeah. you know, come next year, this high street is going to be great. But as we stand here right now, have you let them down? Yes or no? That's a question I don't think I can answer. I love that line. But Terry, it's a simple yes or no answer. Mm, exactly. It may be, it may be not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful fudging there. Good work, Terry. Uh, now, finally, the contractors, Jackson Civil Engineering. We've heard lots of uh, people pointing their finger at them. We've heard accusations of them uh, um, being a little bit slack in terms of uh, the amount of time they put into the work. We also heard, and I've, I've, I've not come across this before, and no one's been able to let me know this has happened elsewhere, that the council installed CCTV cameras on the, the works to keep an eye on the uh, on the workers to make sure they were doing what they did. They were at the meeting. What, what did they have to say? Well, of course, uh, Jackson Civil Engineering have refused to come and talk to you live on your show, Ian. After the meeting yesterday between the council and the traders, um, I did approach Jackson's, and uh, here's what happened. Okay, can I just ask you, sir, what, what's your name? Uh, You're from Jackson's? Yes. Um, you going to make any comment today? You going to make any comment from Jackson's? Guys, can we just have a quick chat? As the contractor in charge here, can I ask you why you're not talking to us today? Sanjay, you're with the, your contractor, you're paying these people. Can I ask you why they're not talking to me? I think we've already apologised and I've apologised on behalf of Jackson's. Okay, well, can, can we not talk to the contractor? You're paying these people. Um, no, I mean, Jamie, Jamie's the person who, who you've been dealing with. There. Okay, can we get Jamie? Jamie's over there right now. Jamie, can I ask you how you found the meeting today? Jamie, can I ask you how you found the meeting? Should we go? Yeah. You refusing to talk to us? Jamie, can I ask you, are you refusing to talk to us today? So, you're a trader here? I'm, I'm Restaurant 65, yes. Okay, can I ask you how it makes you feel that the contractor, Jackson's, are now walking away refusing to talk to me? Well, to be honest with you, it just goes to show you where they stand. You know, honesty is the best policy. Mm. They're either not being honest or they want to keep it to themselves as much as they can. It's mm. as simple as that. You know, I'm suffering, we're all suffering, they're not suffering. Have you tried to talk to the contractors yourself? Of course, of course. And how have you got them? Well, you know, they're talking to me, they're being very polite, but they're not, they're not answering any questions, are they? It does strike me as odd. This will be a group that people are accusing Jacksons. We don't know. But it would be a great opportunity for them to come out and put their side of the story straight, wouldn't it? Absolutely. You know, Harpershire County Council, Sanjay Patel, uh, spoke to me yesterday from Heart Sideways. He said, look, a decision will be made by Friday. He's come out. He said sorry. You know, he's done the best he possibly could yesterday by agreeing to talk to me and saying that, not only to traders, but, but to the people of Hemel Hempstead, because they have let people down. He's agreed to come on your show on Friday and talk to you about which option they go with. Now, Jackson Civil Engineering, again, they will be listening to this right now. The offer is there for you to appear on Friday's programme. By refusing to talk to me and walking away, I would say that sends out the wrong message. But again, the opportunity is there for you to appear live on BBC Three Counties Radio and just come on and explain what's happened and what's going to be happening. It's as simple as that. Justin, thank you. It is as simple as that. Jackson, if you're listening, you can give us a call now. 08459 455 555. You can email me, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. We'll put in another call to Jackson's this week to see if, uh, invite them if, onto the show on Friday, see if they want to come. Back to the story about the three women and the baby in a, poli- uh, in a car. 
woman refused to leave the car. Police smashed the window. B is, uh, B and Bucks has texted him. I'm disgusted that such a one-sided version of what went on with the women and Hearts Police has been given so much airtime this morning. I know that the police cannot comment yet due to the ongoing inquiry, but I'm very uncomfortable about the airing, uh, about the airing excuse me, of that version of events. My opinion is nothing to do with race. I think all facts should be in first for condemnation of the guilty party. Well, we're not, we're not condemning them, B, and if that's the, the, the message that's come across, then uh, I, I have not been doing my job properly. We're not condemning them. Uh, but I do think when there are issues uh, that imply that, that the police have perhaps been heavy-handed, I do think they should be looked at. There is a danger that these things could be swept under the carpet. Now, if an investigation goes on and uh, we get hear the other side of the story, I'd be more than happy to uh, air that side of the story on the radio. Of course we would. On this subject, Robert's in Watford. Morning, Robert. Hello. W- w- what do you think? Should they have got out of the car? Well... I'm known for what the what the uh, we don't know what the other side of the story is. Um, I would have said most police police officers I've experienced um, are okay. It's just that I I experienced one experience where I was driving. I got pulled over. Um, it was adverse weather conditions, and I got told off for speed for driving too slow. Even though the area I was driving through from Hartmden to St Albans was a sixty, as soon as I got into St Albans, which was a thirty. They pulled me over and says that they accused me of dri- drinking driving, which I wasn't. And they asked me why I was um, uh, driving at 45 mile an hour. And I said, because it was zero visibility, it was pitch black at 2 o'clock in the morning, and um, it was hard rain and a lot of surface water. I made a decision to drive safely at 45 at that time in the morning um, because I thought, under safety. Uh, so the officer said, he gave me a warning and says, well, have more care for more um, drivers in the future. So with that, I made a complaint the following day, and I got um, his sergeant, he phoned me up, and he's, he apologised and thanked me for what I did for driving as I would have done, mm. and um, he says he's, he's the young officer in charge at the time was a raw recruit, and he'll be um, talked to later on in the morning. And um, I, I got good feedback from that. Mm. That's the only experience I had. But I think um, if the officers at the time asked the young ladies to get out that time in the morning, when yeah, fair enough, they should have they should have got out because there would be no mm. no. But yet, one or two officers that might have been the other officer might have been a bit like heavy handed. I think, but I don't know the other side of that story. That's it, Robert. We don't know the other side of that story. Incredible, being told to, to speed up a bit. Forty five and a sixty doesn't seem that slow. Uh, a few more texts. Uh, Nick says, if you're stopped by the police, just do as they ask. However, perhaps lady police officer could have got uh, in the car that was stopped and gone to the police station so the women who they stopped could be checked in the safe and well-lit area. Uh, Evan Luton. Uh, yes, they should have got out of the car, but they were heavy-handed. Didn't need to break glass. What if it had gone in the baby's eyes? That's the thing that's kind of sitting uncomfortably with me. There was a four-month-old baby in that car. We know that glass, well, we have been told by the women, one of the women in the car, Sonia, we spoke to earlier, that glass ended up on that baby's face. Could have gone in the eye. Uh, and Michael in St Neots says, uh, from a white man in a white town, police are duty bound to say why they've stopped you. They refused in this case, therefore they should have left those poor women alone. And again, we have to stress, we, we, the recording starts halfway through the incident, so we don't quite know what happened before. 8.45, I'm Ian Lee, this is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
It's a very busy morning out there. The M40 northbound has two lanes blocked, queuing traffic between High Wycombe and Stoke and Church. Apparently a collision involving two cars. Thank you to Keith who called us about that. London bound still queuing with delays down to the M25 from High Wycombe. So quite a long queue there from Junction 4 down to Junction 1A. There was an accident on the exit slip to the anti-clockwise M25. That's now being recovered, but it's causing big queues. A404 is busy as a result of this around High Wycombe, but there's also problems further down the 404 once you get in toward Chalfont. Bridge was hit by a vehicle between Amersham Way and Loudhams Road. That was the railway bridge, and that means that Chilton railway services are being delayed by up to 10 minutes, Amersham to Marlebon, as they're having to run with a reduced speed for safety reasons. Taking a look at the A10, and it's closed. This is an accident between the A602 at Stevenage and the A120 at the Puckeridge Roundabout. That means extra traffic on the A1M, which is very busy from Letchworth down to Wellin. Wellin Road, the B1000, has been blocked by a fallen tree from Windsor Drive at Hartford down toward Hearns Lane in Welling Garden City. If you're driving into London, the A1 is busy from Gorham Wood down through toward Mill Hill Circus. The M1 northbound. Now, we have an accident. That looks like it's now cleared between Flittick and Bedford. M25 delays anti-clockwise. It's stop-start through the roadworks. Heavy from Kings Langley to the M40. And also very, very slow clockwise through the works as well. On the trains, we've also got problems for London, Midland and Virgin. Delays because of safety checks being made on the line at Milton Keynes Central. And for Virgin, they've got a signalling problem up at Wolverhampton. 08459 455 555 is the number for your updates. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you! Right, it's 8.47 or thereabouts. It's Tuesday, the 15th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Three women who were pulled over by Hertfordshire police and had their car window smashed in with a baton have made a formal complaint about the way they were treated. Scotland Yard detectives investigating the disappearance of Madeleine McCann say there was an overwhelming response to their appeal for help in last night's BBC Crime Watch. Coming up, we'll get more reaction from you to the three women who refused to get out of the car when they were instructed by Hearts Police. 08459 455 555. You can give us a call now. If you don't make it onto this show, I'm sort of sure JVS, who's discussing the same thing, would welcome you with open arms. Before that, though, let's get the weather. Here's Kate Kinsella. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's rather a grey start to the day. We will get some brightness through the course of the day. That cloud will thin. We may even get one or two sunny spells as we head through the afternoon as well. And the temperature's not too bad either. Getting up to a maximum of around 13, maybe 14 Celsius. Now overnight, we will get uh, some clearer spells. That's going to allow the mist and fog to come back in, I'm afraid. And it's going to be quite a chilly night as well. The minimum down to 5 Celsius. That's 41 degrees in Fahrenheit. A misty, cloudy start tomorrow. Dry very first thing tomorrow but it's not going to last the band of very heavy and persistent rain is moving towards us from the south and the west through the course of the morning and with it a strengthening southerly breeze as well it's bringing with it air from the Atlantic so it will be a little milder the maximum of 15 Celsius 59 degrees in Fahrenheit and that air will stay with us for Thursday as well and things could get up to around 17 especially if the sun comes out and that's your forecast Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio. If you're at home, sit back as this 
is going to be very, very interesting. You've got the selfie, the legsy, the bumsy. <laughs> you could start that trend. Roberto Peroni. We seem to be heading um, headlong into war again. We're very keen to stop this from happening. We don't know where this might lead. The lie that took us into the Iraq war could become a shocking truth in this one. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, let's take some more of your calls on the uh, situation we've been reporting about. The women in the car, the police stop them. One of the women doesn't get out uh, and uh, the, the police smash the window. That's a very brief summary. And I have to stress, I have to stress, we only have the uh, the women's side of this. If you want to hear the recording again, I suspect that Jonathan Vernon-Smith, who's carrying this on over after nine, will play at least parts of uh, the recording. And it's also on our website and uh, on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Ian's in Bedford. Morning, Ian. Morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm OK, thank you. Should the woman have got out of the car? I don't think she should have, no. I think that the, the police should have dealt with her speaking through the window, unless they had some definite suspicion that she was committing some offence. She's given her name and date of birth, they've checked her out, she hasn't obstructed them, and then all of a sudden they want to humiliate her by the roadside at one o'clock or whatever time it was in the morning. No, I think she was completely within her rights, and then I think by smashing the window with a baby in the back, they should be prosecuted for criminal damage. The police completely overreacted. And uh, there are a lot of police like that that act like little Hitlers. And, um, but if a police, and, and I hope that they have a book thrown at them. Ian, if, if if a police officer asks you to get out of your car, then 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 don't you have to respect their authority and do as you're told? Otherwise, it it can look suspicious, can't it? If they do it in a lawful way, yes. But they, they there was no need. This wasn't lawful. You didn't. You weren't constrained to get out of your car. You've given them the details. They've checked out what they need to check. If they then say, "Well, we've got suspicions about you." for whatever reason, and they need to give you that, and then ask you to get out of the car. But they haven't. They've just said, get out of the car, get out of the car, you're refusing, get out, all smash the window, tap them with their batons. Why on earth are their batons out with three women and a baby? Completely over the top. Ian, are there any situations in which you would refuse to get out of the car if the police asked you to? Uh, if I didn't think he was a police officer, which you're entitled to do, I think the advice is, is not to not to get out and, and drive to the nearest police station. Mm. Um, but no, I think that, you know, if, if, if they, they try to humiliate you sometimes by, um, by getting you out in full view of all of the motorists when many times you haven't done anything and, and there's no suspicion of other offences there. Um, Ian, we've got to, we've got to, just because I want to squeeze in some more calls, but thank you. I'm trying to think of if, 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 the only thing I could think of where I might question getting out of the car if a police officer spoke to me was if last night, late at, not late tonight, it was, it was half past seven at night. It was dark, I was in a country lane, and the boys are in the back of the car. Would I get out then if I was stopped? I would certainly question it. I would ask how necessary it was. Amrit's on the line. Morning, Amrit. Morning there, Orion. Yeah, fine, thank you. What, what, what's your take on this? Should they have got out of the car? Um, well... My incident, uh, when it happened to me, I did actually get out of the car. I always believed that you don't have to actually have the police officer come to your vehicle. You can always step out, go to the side of the road, and then speak to him at the side of the road. It just sort of makes a a polite kind of way of... uh, dealing with a situation but for me it was just a horrific incident when when about four years ago i was pulled over 
three uh, officers. Um, um, they were undercover officers. There wasn't a, it wasn't a police vehicle. It was an undercover vehicle. They pulled me over, and they just, it was just such an experience. I mean, I was shouted by one of the officers. The other one pinned me onto the bonnet of his vehicle because I refused to give him my, my vehicle key so that he could actually go and look in my car. He didn't give me a valid reason why he wanted to search my car. And I, 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 I was just really, I was so shocked at the incident. Um, then they said, after, after the officer had actually pinned me down, his colleague had to remove him off of me. And I said to his colleague, is this how you treat people? And he was like, oh, look, sir, don't worry about it. Go on your way. And we forgot about the whole incident. Anyway, I thought that I'm not going to let that get away, go, go away. So that afternoon, I actually reported it to the police and I uh, went down to the local station and uh, filed a complaint. Literally, what happens? A, follow uh, a week later, I get um, uh, a summons for uh, turn up to my door saying that I had um, been driving inconsiderably, um, inconsiderate driving. So... Um, I would have to go to court for that. And even though at the time they had said, no, we're not going to pursue any charges or anything like that, I did put, go through the Independence uh, Police Commission, but nothing came of it. Uh, they said uh, they use uh, enough force as such. So... Uh, and Amri, I'm, I'm going to make some assumptions here. I'm assuming from your name that you are of Asian de- descent. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. OK. Uh, do you suspect that the, the, this, the aggression was, was partly because of that, or do you think that's irrelevant in this um, instance? I know. I, I think they were just um, on some sort of power trip. And, mm. You know, I don't think that had nothing to do with it, but I do, I do, I do think that um, the way they do handle certain situations, um, they don't need to do that sort of thing. Amrit, I appreciate your call this morning. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. If you want to uh, have uh, your say on this, we've got a few minutes left on this show. Um, although JVS will be uh, talking about this as well after nine o'clock. I'm just trying to get up the Facebook page to see uh, some of your comments. If I click on this, that should bring it up. There we go. Let's just pick a few at random. Um, David says, I got stopped by the police some time ago. The first thing they said to me was, is this your car? I said, yes. Then they said, right, get out of the car. I'm going to seize the car. It's not insured. I told the officer it was insured. Then he started getting very aggressive. I said to him, just because it's not on the uh, MID list, it doesn't mean it's not insured. I can understand why the three women never wanted to get out. Some police officers think they can do just what they like. Um, Susan says, I think lost in all of this is the woman was uninsured and the police cannot take the risk of her driving away. Think of all those people who have died or have had some serious injuries because of uninsured drivers. Well, the uninsured driver had got out of the car, had got in the police car. The woman who refused to get out, I think, was in the driving seat, wasn't she? She sat in the driving seat. Yes, she was the owner. So, an insured person was sat in the driving seat, as far as we can uh, tell. Uh, Let's read one more, then we'll uh, speak to... Andy Lorna says the recording is hard to listen to and quite upsetting. I'm a woman and if police officers stopped me, I would stop somewhere bright and safe with other people, not in a deserted or dark area. There have been stories where people dress up as police officers and stop women at night. Perhaps the officers could have asked them to keep driving to a lit up garage nearby where they would feel safer getting out of the car. It's advised if you don't feel safe getting out, you can drive to somewhere else and the police can follow. Andy's in Tring. Andy, you're probably the last call we're going to fit on this show about this. What do you think? Should the women have got out of the car? Absolutely. I think Jonathan was right. He hit the nail on the head. He got stopped. 
did exactly what the policeman asked him to do. And that's exactly what everybody should do. This is Jonathan Vernon-Smith, who was in earlier on, for anybody who may have missed it. He, he panicked, he jumped out with his hands up, um, and uh, it turns out it was a case of mistaken identity. But it, yeah. if it's late at night, if it's dark, you're in a dark place, and the police have got their batons drawn... Yeah, but there's three women, not just one. If it was one single lady on her own, like you said, you on your own with the kids in the car, fair yeah. play. There's three of them. What, what do they want? Three women in the car. There's no reason why one at a time they couldn't have all got out of the car. Two others staying with the babies. There's no reason for it. So you think... Are there any circumstances, Andy, when you would refuse to get out of the car? Well, maybe like you said, if it was just me or my wife on her own with the two boys in the car, then maybe, yeah in a dark situation but realistically you've got to be reasonable with the police you can't be shouting at them getting mm. aggressive getting excited you've got to have respect for these people and that's the problem with this day and age people don't have respect for the police and you're not helping by airing on the side of the women you're backing up the women you can tell clearly that you're on the side of the women in what way am i backing up the women women andy well you're told that guy that not to phone back for a month because he was Backing up the police. Andy, Andy, we, Andy, Andy. How can we do that? Andy, that's a running joke I have with that with, with Dave. Don't I- ignore that. That's a running joke. Every time he call, he'll call up tomorrow and I'll ban him for a month. Don't worry, well, ignore the, that. The other lady that was phoning from her car, you, you told her to turn the radio off. She was trying to explain to you that she can't turn the well, radio off. Well, then we can't speak, Andy. To you. Andy. But she's using the radio to talk to you. No, she's not. She's using a telephone to talk to me. She can't... No, yeah, but it comes through as a Bluetooth, doesn't it? It comes through the radio. Well, then it, it. well yeah, Andy, exactly. Andy, yeah. we, we can't talk to her then because it, there's a slight delay and it creates feedback. It doesn't work. She was getting confused. Well, why didn't you air that? Why didn't you make that? I said that. You know? I said that immediately after right. the phone call. I think, you, I think you're looking for... Well done. Good effort. I think you're looking for conspiracy where there isn't conspiracy. Mate, I think you need to uh, get another job, bro. OK, Andy, but you, yet you still listen and call in. I appreciate that, Andy. Thank you very much indeed. An unhappy customer, but yet he will continue to be a customer. Disappointed because I didn't agree with him and bowed out to him. Uh, right, 8.58, let's get the travel news now. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still ridiculously busy out there. The M40 northbound, two lanes blocked by an accident between High Wycombe and Stoke and Church. Two cars involved in that one, police dealing with it. Southbound still queuing from High Wycombe down toward the M25. The exit slip now is fully reopened. Police have left the scene, but the delays are going to take quite a while to clear. It's caused knock-on delays in the area, so High Wycombe's very slow, as is Beaconsfield and Amersham. The A414 and the 355 are likely to stay quite busy for most of the morning. 404 is particularly heavy. And further down in Chalfont, you've got delays because a bridge has been hit by a vehicle between Amersham Way and Loudoun's Road. It's the rail bridge in Chilton having to run with delays of 10 minutes, possible Amersham to Marlebon as a result. A10 is closed from Stevenage through to the Puckeridge Roundabout. Wellin Road, B1000 is closed between Hartford and Wellin Garden City. M25 roadwork delays. A1M very slow, Letchworth to Wellin. And then you've got London Midland delays, Northampton to Euston. Safety check at Milton Keynes and Virgin delays because of a signalling problem at Wolverhampton. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. And coming up today... (laughs) 